You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Mind of the Mean, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Josh Chernoff, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Oh, man. This time of year can just suck a dick. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am tired of the snow. I am tired of the cold. Dude, it is colder than an Eskimo's anus. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is. Give me, give me sunlight until eight, and uh, let me uh, air my tits out. You know, uh, <laughs> let me throw on my shorts. Let me open up some windows. Let me let the fucking stink out, man. I hate the, this time of year, man. The tough thing that everybody needs to be able to appreciate with you is. You know, the blue meanie is not a gimmick. Uh, You only wear Daisy Dukes and cut off shirts. So the winter is is particularly tough on you. And uh, so we're we're just waiting for. uh, And then sometimes you'll put on like a winter coat, but your winter coat is cut off as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. How's that work? I don't know. They're they're just pre-made that way. Yeah. Uh, All my gear. Yeah. So you do it. You go. To, you go to the uh, the, the gear. The gear. The gear fairy comes along and waves her wand and goes, ding, and then like half shirt Daisy Dukes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, the gear fairy. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is the uh, high quality entertainment you get here at Mind of the Meanie. So it's episode forty eight, um, and I can't believe we've done forty eight of these. It's awesome. Same. Uh, but it feels like this has really like flown by. Uh, we are I think I week- said I, I think I said that episode twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> I can't we, believe we we've are, done twenty four of these, and here we, we are. Number we are two weeks away from our premiere on fight, uh, which is going to be awesome. The video version of this, but remember, yeah. if you want the full video version, um, and I'm I'm talking full video version because we've been on a call for almost ten minutes with uh, with our Patreon members. Um, and you get a little bit, a little bit early, uh, you get, you get some other stuff like, uh, us talking about plowing and things like that. Uh, <laughs> snow, snow it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're going to get all of that stuff and you get it live and immediate. Um, so you would get it on a Saturday for Patreon and then fight. You guys will get it Monday night, um, at 6 yeah. PM Eastern time. So that'll be exciting. Uh, definitely a little bit more work to edit this stuff up, but, um, you bring but it on yourself, buddy. I bring, bring it, it on, on myself. Um, 
And uh, I was like, oh man, you know, that's just a little bit more work. What should I do to kind of balance that? I know we'll add another show onto our YouTube channel, um, <laughs> which we just, we just did. And I, I hope that people uh, have enjoyed it. Um, it's called Talking with Friends. It's a new show that Meanie has been kind enough to allow me to really just get together with my friends and, and, and talk about uh, the first episode is a little different than I think what, whatever, what the other ones will end up being. Uh, the other ones will probably be us just kind of shooting the shit, but the first episode, we wanted to give you a backstory, um, about how wrestling really brought us all together. That's where our friendship started, you know, uh, over 20 years ago. Uh, yeah. so we gave you a little bit of a backstory. So hopefully if you, if you watched it, you weren't too bored. Um, but you get a little bit of a, a, a backstory on me and, uh, my brother, Fred and Calvin Tan and, uh, there is and uh, and Matt Mangle, um, who is a, a character as well. So um, here's some fun stories about uh, assaults happening in in the cafeteria back in middle school. Um, just just fun <laughs> some fun stuff. So I hope you all go check that out at YouTube.com/slash Mind of the Meanie. We're trying to just bring you more content there, um, and of course, Patreon members got it a couple days early. They got about forty eight hours early, and that's one of the great things you get on Patreon. So uh, if you're somebody who can't wait, join Patreon. If you're someone who can wait, uh, please teach me how you're able to do that because I'm someone who can't wait. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm quite envious uh, that, you know, you, all this years later and you still have your, your wrestling buddies to talk to. I mean, I, I, have, I do. I have a Hulk Hogan one and I have an Ultimate Warrior one. Um <laughs> And I tell you, know, uh, they're not much for conversation, but I'll talk to them. But uh, yeah, man, uh, <laughs> uh, I was on like a three second delay with that joke. Um, That's fine. Uh, yeah, like growing up, like I watched wrestling basically by myself, really. Mm. You know, uh, growing up, uh, you know, uh, you know, my family really wasn't into it. I mean, my grandparents were, in, were into it because they watched it back in the day, right? But like I had like a maybe a friend or two in like grade school I watched with and talked to about, you know I don't, I don't even know where those people are anymore. So like, that's that's kind of the thing though. Like there, you know, I've been very lucky to still have a, a lot of the same friends I had back in high school. And th look, things are different. You know, my my real these guys were always I met them in high school. My brother knew them from middle school, uh, like Matt and Calvin specifically, but. Um, yeah, I, I met them while I was in high school when we started doing the TWF, the teenage wrestling foundation, which we talk about on the show when we were doing all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but I had my other high school friends. So these guys were more like when we really became friends was college. You know, we all, uh, lived at home and commuted to school. So we all basically hung out in my basement and they were like my college friends. And, you know, we just managed to maintain that friendship. My high school friends, you know, I'm still friends with, but, um, we don't all live around each other anymore. We'll talk every, you know, some, the thing is when you have a bond with somebody, like I've got a, a buddy in high school, uh, from high school that I'll talk to maybe every like five, six months. And when we talk, it's like no time has passed, you know? And yeah, it's, uh, and then you have the one that you shoot a text to maybe a couple times a month, you know, like, but th this group specifically, I think because wrestling was our, our connection and I'm sure people listening to this can relate to that having the friends that you know wrestling is their connection 
it was something that no matter where our lives took us, we always had wrestling. We always had that to when you get together. You know, if you have the friend where from high school where the only thing you really have in common is you're in the same social group in high school. Well, fast forward 10 years, and it's kind of tricky to still have much of a friendship because what are you going to do? Talk about, you know, well, I wonder what that girl's up to that we used to pine after in high school, you know? So, but with wrestling, we've always had it. And then on top of that, the fact that we all got involved in wrestling and then kind of fell out of being involved in wrestling. And then as we talk about on Talking With Friends, really it was Conrad Thompson and Something to Wrestle that brought us back to being interested in wrestling. And then fast forward, I'm back in the business. Fred is doing cartoons. Uh, you know, Calvin is doing all the stuff with me with Fight uh, and StarCast. And Matt has even been out in StarCast. And Matt was doing uh, commentary with me at indie shows. So like we all kind of found our way back into it and now talk even more frequently than we did for a little bit, again, because of wrestling. So, you know... It's uh, yeah, I'm very lucky to still have those those friends, but uh, but it's it's kind of what led me to talk to you about you know being able to do this on the mind of the meanie page was a it's people we talk about on the show, but b our entire friendships really you know were based in our love of wrestling. Yeah, man, and, and that's so cool. Uh, and you approached me about, it and then I was like, dude, it's a no brainer. Because uh, I always say, you know, mine and Amini is our planet. Mm-hmm. And then er- we have a bunch of these little satellites to float around it. You know, yeah. this is Meanie running, uh, you know, uh, Meanie tunes. Mm-hmm. Now with, you know, now with your the latest project. Yeah. And, like you said, we're talking about, you're talking with all the people we talk, you talk about on here anyway. Right. The next so one will it, be it, uh, Donnie and Bev. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But no, but and it's also something, you know, we're not, look, we're not uh, trying to take over the world with, uh, you know, our giant podcast network or anything, but it is fun to kind of see what can, you know, they're like, like television, like has spinoffs, you know, like that's pretty yeah. much what it is. They're little like spinoffs of Mind of the Meanie and, or, you know, the way that you described it with the the planet and, you know, is perfect. And that's what we're, we're trying to continue to do to just bring you more entertainment um and you know you got mind of the meanie once a week but we're able to just be like hey you know on the big pay-per-views you can go over to fight check out alternative commentary with me and meanie like there's other stuff that we're doing and and uh you know content is king as they say and we're just trying to create as much as we can and i've got some fun ideas that meanie and i have talked about a little bit off air but fun ideas of other not so much recurring shows but maybe like specials that we can put together under the mind of the meanie yeah. banner, the old uh, MOTM network, um, <laughs> which is not a not a thing, but I just uh, created it. But um, but no, like little like specials that we can put together. Um, one of the you know one of the things that we are going to be doing soon, hopefully, is with uh, the the owner of Wildcat Belts. You know, hopefully, we'll be able to just get our schedules together for that and do a nice. Uh, Nice video uh, for yeah. our YouTube. So fun things like that. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing with that. Uh, I've been uh, working on the thing for Wildcat. Mm-hmm. It's just schedules are so goofy right now. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's got anything to do besides, like, make belts for everybody. For, for, you know, for WWE and for every, yeah. Um, yeah. 
He's yep. in his laboratory. You just know. tell him, just be like, hey, why don't you just throw in a webcam while you, and just chat with us while you're, uh, you know, etching leather or whatever the, you know, whatever it is. It'll be like, it'll be like when uh, Undertaker was ma- making Kamala's uh, casket. Yeah. You know, just you be just shaving see him away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's so cool. Uh, we got, you know, these, these shows and uh, this thing, all the, there was a German of I, a germ of an idea, just like hard ride home. Hey, let me do a podcast. Mm-hmm. The thing people have been asking me to do anyway, you know. And I found you, and then we evolved, and yeah. going on episode fifty, which is insane. Yeah, um, it, it really is, and it's it's exciting. It, it's it's exciting because yeah. there's something about hitting these milestones that I feel like every time we hit these milestones, we're like reinvigorated, you know, like, yeah. we're just like, Oh man, episode 50, then it's going to be one year anniversary shortly after that. And then we just, you know, get moving. And, and today Chella toys just released on social media, the uh, card backing uh, yeah, for man. our action that looks figures. So good. And yeah. And then they're like, uh, like something like really soon they'll be in hand. And I'm like, Good. <laughs> this is great information <laughs> to have. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm psyched for that. So all these things, man. Like, um, we're a couple days away. As this podcast is being recorded, we're something like six days away um, from Retromania coming out. Um, yeah, that that snuck up on us. Seriously, I, I'm so. Uh, I mean, like, I've got ties that you can kind of see behind me on, like, on the one side here. If you're watching this on a uh, on our Patreon, you can see I've got me as an action figure on one tie. And then I don't know if you can see it on the other one. Uh, no, it's out of frame, but I've got me on the video game. It's <laughs> the other one. And then I've got the mini tunes tie here too. So like if nothing awesome. else, I've got a bunch of ties now, but, um, but no, it's, it's so cool. And, and look, eventually you would have, someone would have contacted you. Cello would have contacted you. Zombie Sailor Toys or something who's doing other retro style would have contacted you. It would have happened one way or the other. You would have gotten a figure. You were already in Retromania. Um, yeah. But for me, you take Mind of the Meanie out of the equation and I can't imagine that I've got an action figure coming out and that I'm going to be involved in the video game. I think, you know, be it just being a part of this show or also you know, when people don't know someone, they're nervous about working with them, you know? Yeah. But working with you and your reputation kind of gave me that seal of <laughs> approval, you know? Reputation. Well, well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, the, your reputation, people are like, well, if he can put up with me, um, no, <laughs> but, uh, no, so it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's really cool. Um, it's not lost on either of us. How, how how awesome the last 48 weeks have been, how they've just kept growing. Um, while outside of the podcast, outside of the Mind of the Meanie universe, uh, maybe the last 48 weeks have kind of been the drizzling shits. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but that's yeah. something, too, that I think is really cool, that we've been able to uh, create our own little world and our own little community with the Pod Squad, where every week you can just come in and just enjoy yourself and... Listen to us ramble on and fart. (laughs) Yeah. And that's probably a reason why you're glad we didn't go to Monco to do the show. Because, well, Monco's blown. They were going to, they probably would have kicked us out at that point. 
<laughs> it would have been worse. It would have been worse than closing up for COVID. Uh, the janitor would have just been just come in and be like, I, I, "I quit. I can't do this anymore." I don't. But like the movie ET, where they put the bubble over the building and people come in with this astronaut suits and yeah, leave. <laughs> Pu. Oh man. Fuck off. Uh. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, yeah, happy. Uh, just uh, besides this weather, but uh, yeah, yeah. Outside the show's been the drizzling shits. Uh, yeah. I still people. Still see people not giving a fuck about a lot, and that's that's disheartening. And uh, it's just like, uh, you know, it's hard to if I if I thank thank God I'm not really into biting my tongue, or I'd have no tongue left. You know, just <laughs> or wherever that saying is. Oh yeah. no, I'd never heard that before, so that's good. Yeah, if it, if it came to bite my tongue, I'd have no tongue left. But. uh <laughs> Yeah, it's just so crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what you call it? Yeah, things are exciting, man. I'm yeah. very excited. Uh, I know it doesn't look, can't tell by the expression on my face because you know normally my uh, wrestling face. I'm very excited. <laughs> I can't wait. My wrestling people always think I'm like people who don't know me think I'm like angry because like really? my wrestling face. Yeah, like look at my wrestling face. Oh yeah. Frightening. Yeah, people are, yeah, there's something about my eyebrows. People just think I'm plotting, my, plotting world domination. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, my Some, resting. There's something uh, about my eyebrows, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, t- they take up three quarters of my face. Um, <laughs> they, I don't woolly, even have a beard. Patches. It's just eyebrows. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it well, I, I, Told you, I, I've said this once before. My first date with my wife, I like we were just kind of mm, talking, mm, getting to mm, yeah, mm. we were getting to know each other, and uh, and I said to her, mm, I said, mm, I've mm, been told, mm. I've been told uh, that I have a very like condescending tone to my voice. Yeah, like no matter if I'm being serious, if I'm being sarcastic, and you know, sarcasm is my superpower. Um, yes, but great shirt. Yeah, uh, available for com slash so says sure enough. Yeah. But, you know, I, I to me, I never mean to be. I, I try, like, so when I'm being sincere or where I'm, when I'm being condescending, it sounds the same. And I told her that from, and I'll sometimes still, all these years later, remind her when she's like, well, your tone said, and I'm like, this is, I told you on our first date, I can't change it. I can't, yeah. you know, this is just the way, you know, my voice is, and I, I guess when you're sarcastic enough for a long <laughs> enough period of time, I think when what happened fluent. was, yeah, I, I, I lost the ability to, it's like when people move, uh, people who have an accent move somewhere else and they lose their accent or they gain a new accent from somewhere else. Yeah. Like that's yeah. pretty much what happened was like, I just gained sarcasm as an accent even when I'm being yeah. sincere. So, you know, whatever. Well, we, we, we have a couple of those, you know, a couple, we've had, a, you know, me and Mrs. Meany, uh, I've had a couple of moments where like I'll answer something yeah. and come, it's, I guess it sounds wrong, not, not condescending or anything, but it sounds right. like I'm in the mood. Yep. And I'm not, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Oh. Or, 
you know, or I'll, I'll, I will have just dealt with something out in the real world and I come home mm-hmm. and like, I, dude, I will just let things linger in my head. Like not just somebody head. else. There's a lot of room in there. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> just there's a lot of real estate in this fucking cranium. That's why oh. my fucking hat size is on the last fucking thing where my hat's like fucking <laughs> hanging, hanging on for life, you know? Oh man. But, uh, yeah, I'll fucking, something will happen out in the wild where somebody will say something to me and I don't know how to take it. And like, I'm constantly thinking of things I should have said. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's like, I got, you know, it's short attention span theater going on and like all this different things. And I'll come home and Tracy will be like, how are your day? I'm like, Fine. Well, how don't we, what are you mad at me for? Yeah, he's like, no, I'm not mad at you. My my it's, favorite thing it's, is it's like sometimes, sometimes my wife will like, she'll get like hot at me for my, like <laughs> what, what she thought I meant. Like I'll say something and she'll right. think that my intention in saying it was to be confrontational or to be, you know, whatever. And I explained right. to her, I'm like, that's not like, that's not at all what I meant. I'm sorry you took it that way. It's not at all what I meant. And she's like still pissed. And then I'll like say to her, like, listen, with all due respect, like, I'm sorry you took it that way, but I kind of don't feel like I need to apologize for the fact that you thought I was being insulting when I really wasn't like, I shouldn't right. have to apologize for that. Like, how is that my fault? Yeah. But somehow, yeah, but, crazy. but guess what? It is. And, uh, and I have to, uh, and come to I, terms with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Behind every great man, there's, there's a woman rolling her eyes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, I'm, I, I, I can say this with all certainty. We're both lucky fellas. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, every night, like, you know, I, it's like I'm I'm fortunate that I have somebody who a puts up with me, gets what, you know, I I shouldn't have threw the alphabet in there. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm lucky. A that they so, put somebody, up with me. The fuck is that next letter? Uh, what's what's after Z? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I see what you. Yeah, you needed <laughs> yeah. you needed something more of an inf, an infinite. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck's after Z? Uh, um, I don't know. But no, uh, somebody who gets me, somebody who understands uh, what I do, mm-hmm. uh, and someone who's accepted by, you know, all my friends yep. in, in the wrestling business, you know, they'll ask about her before they ask about me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, same man will shoot me a random text. Hey, how's blue girl doing? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm doing good. Hack. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and we, we, dude, our night our like, we don't have this like, uh, we're not hung up on like, oh, we have to go out. We have, we have to yeah. do this. We're, we're just fucking happy being home. You know, that is the best. That is the best feeling to find. So that's how I've always been. And if you can find someone who yeah. is like that, um, and I kind of had to train my wife to, uh, like, I had to start <laughs> this whole global pandemic just to make her stop. You know, uh, stop going out. Um, no, she. It, it it's nice that like she's somebody that we can just. You know, much like you and Mrs. Meany, we can just hang out and just enjoy each other's company, enjoy yeah. just staying in. Um, I'm sure if you asked her, she'd be like, man, if he wanted to like go out and dance or something, and it's like, you know who you married. Like, yeah. that's, that's not happening. But uh, 
every once in a while, a friend will get married, um, and, we'll, and we'll go out to, you know. Uh, and boogie. Yeah, we, we, we boogie, that's for sure. And then uh, then I pop a couple pills, and, you know, <laughs> afterwards, uh, yeah. go to the hospital. What happened? Oh, I tried to floss or whatever the, f- I don't know. Um, <laughs> how'd you separate your shoulder? Uh, the sprinkler? Yeah. I don't know. Um <laughs> My big move is the shopping cart. It's always been my move. You well, know, you know my move. Just kind of yeah. doing and then just grab something. Your move? Yeah. yeah. The meanie dance? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. You know, if I try anything else, people try to hold down my tongue thinking I'm having a seizure or something. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, but at I'm least a good you, chair dance. you have your dance. Uh, You're a good chair dancer, do you say? Yeah. You just sit in a chair and, you know. Yeah. I could do that. But once my feet start doing things. Yeah. Mm, I'm a good pole oh, dancer. Like, I lean up against a pole, just kind of tap my foot. I dance. I dance like a cow wearing fucking roller skates. <laughs> uh, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, but like I, I like a night for us. Like last night, you know, uh, I came in. Uh, come, I come home. I go home. I go take a shower, and we land around in this room. And then we got to have all our entertainment. We got all, all the streaming channels. Mm-hmm. And she had turned us on to this new uh, show called, uh, well, she found it and turned me on to it called Making It with Amy Poehler and uh, Ron, not Ron Swanson. Um, oh. Nick, uh, Nick, Nick Offerman. Yeah. He was Ron yeah. Swanson. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, which throws me off. He doesn't have the mustache. He's got a full beard. Now. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> So it's a it's like a creative competition. Is it? Good? Oh, I have to say this. I I have to say this. I have to say this. I th- he's from Parks and Rec, right? Yep. I was like, he's from The Office, right? And Tracy goes, No, he's from Parks and Rec. So there's a episode where these all the contestants have to design a cubicle mm-hmm. in an office. So him and Amy Poehler set up a scene like they're in the show The Office. Really? And she goes, were you in the show The Office? He's like, no. She goes, neither was I. Because I guess everybody assumes they were in the show The Office. Yeah, well, because they were like and Tracy- kind of like an unofficial spinoff. Like they were originally supposed to be a spinoff uh, right. with, uh, what's her name, Rashida Jones. Okay. I think it was supposed to be a spinoff. And then they were just like, you know what? We're not going to make it a spinoff. We'll just make it its own thing following the same style. But yeah. Yeah, but uh, the, the, the the best thing is. They did that skit, and Tracy looks at me and goes, ah, you just said, you just asked if he was in the office. <laughs> and they're, like, sitting in an office, and there's, like, a, a thing of shades behind them, kind of, like, in the office. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, all their little uh, talking head moments. Yeah. yeah. It was just like awesome. that. The, the rest of the show was like that. So I was just like, oh, man, I'm glad I wasn't the only one who thought they were in the office instead of Parks and Rec, <laughs> which are two shows I need to, to watch. But, oh, my uh, God. Seriously. Two of the best shows television have you yeah. seen mr mayor that's a new one everybody's talking about it. i haven't seen it it's yet. so uh, freaking funny uh bobby uh, rj city uh, Mana- rj, RJ city or? keeps tweeting about it oh is he yeah oh is it yeah. bobby manahan monahan is that his Moynihan. name um yeah well e- either i'm way. carol that's he, his favorite my, my favorite character from saturday night live he did i'm carol well he uh is freaking hysterical in this, yes. uh, in in Mr. Mayor, um, that's awesome. Ted Danson is amazing too. Like it's just really, uh, it's really good. And what's her name? Um, who's like the other lead? Uh, is unrecognizable. Oh, she, 
She's from Raising Arizona. Yeah. Um, what the hell is her name? She's unrecognizable in this oh show. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, let me go to the Google machine. Yeah. You got to find out. Because meanwhile, she was in, she, meanwhile she was shout in out. A ton of great movies. I want to do a shout out to uh, uh, James Sorensen, our uh, Patreon member, our Blue member. Um, just posted on social media uh, his brand new That Was Extreme uh, hoodie awesome. with the with the logo that fun fact for anybody who doesn't know that that was extreme logo uh, this one was made to look like the old teenage wrestling foundation TWF logo uh, that is on my belt that is behind me all the time um, that's awesome but yeah so it's pretty pretty cool probably wouldn't have used that for that was extreme had I known like a minute later I'd be doing talking with friends that is also TWF, but that's using the <laughs> that's using the actual TWF. Holly Hunter, yes, Vanessa yes. Vanessa Bella coming through. Thank you, Vanessa Bella, always coming through. Um, the show. Yeah, Holly Hunter, unrecognizable. Yeah, like I will spend half the episode just like staring at her, going like that can't really be you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just really really fun show. Um, yeah, I I need to check that out. Just, dude, between, like, trying to think of ideas for the show and then, like, try to keep, I try to keep up on the current product. Mm. It's and then tough. Try, then trying to throw in some regular shows on top of that. It's just like, yeah. so that's, like, worse than, I don't, I don't have the, the time. That's know? kind of the tricky thing as far as the current product is, like, the only time I really watch that is either when I'm, like, working out. Uh, which has not happened as much as it needs to, uh, or <laughs> same when I'm lying in bed because the and I'll put it on TV when my wife goes to sleep because I'm not. Hey, but like nothing in the current product of wrestling is so must see that I'm going yeah. to tell my wife either a we got to turn this on instead of watching one of our other shows or b you watch one of your shows I'm going to go watch this because I need to watch it live it's just not. So I catch yeah. it when I catch it, um, and uh, you know, and even then, I sometimes will just be like watching, and I'll just be like, I, I can't. There's so much stuff I'd rather watch. I'd rather just go on the network and watch something older, you know, or yeah. a documentary on something as opposed to watching the like because it's just not that. Yeah, I have to watch because I need to be up on news for so so Chernoff and you know. But honestly, the busier, like you said, the busier we've gotten with this podcast and all the things going along with it, like we don't have the time to, you know, know what's going on in every aspect of wrestling because we watched hours and hours. Like think about it. Yeah. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Uh, what what are we coming to there? Seven hours yeah. of TV plus yeah. and that, two and then there's, for yeah. Dynamite. That's yeah. nine hours of TV a week. Plus, if you're going to watch MLW, you're now at 10 hours. If you're going to watch Impact, what's Impact? Is that an hour or two hours? I don't know. I don't care about that. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, that, I, I have a grudge with that company. I don't even know why. Do you have Not a, with the workers. You have a grudge with Impact? I don't know. Just, so which, which Impact, though? Because it's not even the same owners or... Just when did this grudge evolution? 
all that whole evolution in that company just annoys me. I don't know why. Because they, they took something not- and threw it away. They had gold in their yeah. hands and they shit on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was Dixie uh, Carter. And, 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 and it has nothing to do with the talent. Sure. Uh, but what I'm saying is right, that was Dixie right Carter. That- look how... Look how they had gold in their hands, mm-hmm. and they shit on it. And then, it's a wise in the wake of, <laughs> get on it, Slichter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, listen to my rationale, and I, I've come to terms with this. And it ha- again, this has nothing to do with the talent or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they had this really cool product that was something of its own. They had gold in their hands. They shit on it. And then they tried to, they got away from that, tried to be WWE. And in the wake of that, they've constantly been on this lifeline where, you know, people, other people are keeping them afloat somehow, whether it's Billy Corgan making a sizable donation and all that stuff. And then the company in uh, Canada. Anthem Sports. Anthem buys them, and then they have to gut all their other products and fire all these people mm. who have been working for that company forever. All the... All these people have to lose their jobs because this company that had something special pissed it away. So now they got gut Anthem, which, you know, costs a lot of people a lot of jobs. Then somehow, you know, all this other stuff happens. And now they're on Access. They buy Access. Right. Which is actually a, a really good channel. With them going to Access, Access guts their whole, you know, uh, division. And how many people, how many people lost their jobs acquiring Impact? You know what I'm saying? Like st- between Anthem and Access being gutted, so they're just kind. Of, so, their- so basically, what you're saying yeah. is wherever Impact goes, death follows, yeah. and people just lose their job. It's just like a. It's been this wrecking ball that goes through companies. And what's weird about and- it is it, it's everything that you're describing is true, but it's. It's all thanks to different people, right? right. Like it's it, anyone from you can go back to you know the Jeff Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett days to Dixie Carter right. to like you said when Billy Corgan was there for you know a cup of coffee or doing whatever he was doing, uh, Eric yeah. Bischoff being there and yeah. Hulk Hogan and stuff. You, all these different time periods, but it was never the same people. Right. Like it was, and and that's and now, but I will say now. It seems to be uh, from the people that I know. I have I know a lot of people that work there now. Um, and like I said, I have a lot of friends who work there. It's not the talent. It's just this whole but thing. But it seems and to I, be. It seems like, and everything's tough now. There's no audience. It's always tough to see. But it seems yeah. like it's been a pretty decent uh, place to work. I guess. I yeah. haven't heard, you know, I haven't, I don't think I've heard any negative things for a while. And I know a lot of people, you know, Brian Myers, Matt Cardone. We don't hear, brothers. You, you really don't hear anything. That's what the problem is. You yeah. don't hear anything. Well, now they're doing their eight. stuff with AEW. And unfortunately, yeah. while that's really cool in theory, it's kind of made it tough to follow AEW. Because yeah. I don't have the time to follow both. And, and again, Impact latching onto another company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah. it's taken away from that company, which AEW had all the steam and fire. Yeah. And, you know, the the uh, Wednesday night tiddlywinks. 
that they have. It's not a war because they're fighting over decimal points. So uh, they have Wednesday night thumb wrestling. <laughs> the uh, Wednesday night tiddlywinks. Can that be a T-shirt? Know, why not? <laughs> Wednesday night tiddlywinks. Yeah, yeah. Slickter. But seriously, again, and I, I wasn't even thinking about it until you, you brought it up. They're mm-hmm. working with AEW, which AEW doesn't need anybody. I, else, I, and really. I, I haven't understood why that's happening. And and again, listen, it's cool. Let's play it out. Get some fun, you know, matches. The 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 more places there are to work, the better the the business is, the better it is for the boys and the girls and the, you know. Right. Uh, obviously when we say the boys, we kind of it's just ingrained in us, but we we mean all the yeah. roster and we should probably come up with a different way to say that. It, now, it, but, it's understood. Yeah. yeah. But um the talent and that's the thing like when when WWE bought WCW when ECW went out of business, um, that was both. People always point to how creatively that sucked for wrestling. Wrestling just went to the you know went in the shitter, um, but it sucked for think of the of the talent that was just gone, yeah, you know, and had nowhere to go nowhere to make a living. And we've talked about this before. I remember I was training at the wild Simone training center at that time. Yeah. And as a smaller guy, I was in there, you know, small guy. Uh, I was in there, um, <laughs> with a bunch of other people that were, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Right. Oh God. You, Oh Lord. Well, join Patreon. You'll know what's happening. Um, so yeah. hey, you were, were you always wearing that pearl necklace? Um, yeah. But, uh, no, so being uh, a cruiserweight, um, I was kind of friends with a bunch of other people in training that were that kind of weight class, that size. And it, especially for, like, that size, because that was, like, WCW was like, well, you're smaller. Well, that's cool. You can go to WCW. You know, they know what to do with you. Um yeah. And it was just like a funeral walking in the day, the, the next day of, of training after uh, WCW shut down was like, everyone was just down and no matter how, how, who the talent was, because you're looking at it and you're going, first of all, WCW was kind of like that, that you always just kind of felt like I could probably get a job at WCW and stay there for a couple of years before they even realize I work there and fire me, you know? <laughs> So like it was always kind of like that thought, and then when you're just like, oh, now it's just WWE, you're like, well, shit, you know. And then being five eight, you're real, especially in that time in two thousand one, there were yeah. no five foot eight, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, you had like your like Malenkos and stuff, but like that wasn't it wasn't commonplace. And and so I'm happy with with Impact. If Impact's getting the rub from AEW and that's going to make Impact bigger um, and more opportunities for people to work, then I'm all for it. And I will say a couple of years ago, I went to an Impact show um, and uh, and that crowd was crazy. They were really, it was somewhere in New York and, and, uh, and I just remember thinking like this crowd is really like really intense and it was neat the way they had it set up in the venue there it was like like the press area was like further back so i kind of had this like birds eye view of the crowd and could kind of like watch around and see like they were really into it and i couldn't believe it i was like i didn't know anyone watched this anymore 
Um, but they, you know, they, uh, they did. So I'm hoping when, when crowds come back that maybe this AEW stuff will kind of take it to that, that next level. But I don't know, but impact. No, you're I, right. Impact's definitely a snake bit. It feels yeah. like at times. yet they've been around longer than anyone other than, uh, other than like WWE. On like some or, form of a large yeah. scale, like they've been around what, like four times the length of WCW. They, they've been around longer than ECW. Yeah, and it drives me nuts. I again, I loved all the talent there at Impact, which I still call TNA. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just um, <coughs> part of me. I have to think. I, you know, I, I see all this stuff going on. And I'm like, man, imagine if ECW had that backing. Yeah, you know, it'd still be around. You know, just they they started off with a an, an electrical company sponsoring them, which is mm-hmm. no endless funds there. Yeah. You know, so if ECW had that backing, you know, ECW still be around. But like, I see all the you know all these companies laying in wake of yeah <laughs> taking on this company. And it's just like, well, we will say this though, with them working with uh, AEW, and now New, New Japan's getting into the mix. Yeah. The forbidden, uh, the forbidden door has been opened. Yeah. And then, um, like, if, uh, you know, they're kind of working with the NWA with, you know, uh, the NWA's women's title being there. Yep. Uh, if they could just, if they could sort of kind of latch on, not latch on, but, you know, bring in a ring of honor, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, they could truly have, like, a couple super cards once, like, crowds come back to where yep. people go, holy shit, you know? And that's kind of, you know, look, they're, they're right off the bat, we're talking about it. And right. that's how you know. That's the sign that they're doing something right. Of you know? course. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I think that when the crowds come back, that's going to be the big thing, you know. Um, because, yeah, again, look, you want a giant, um, you want to you sell out uh, Madison Square Garden. Look at what the, you know, Ring of Honor connected with New Japan and sold out Madison Square Garden. Yep. Um, I don't think either was going to do that individually, but it was audiences from both and the the fact that what they were doing made people so excited. That which, also helped those Russell, which also helped those WrestleMania weekend. But, oh, uh, and the fact that they ran somewhere where people had come from all over the world to watch WrestleMania. And yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was ingenious of them. But... Um, but they managed to sell that out because I think people were just like, this is something special. And I think that when the time comes for like a big arena, you can put a, a, a impact and uh, NWA and AEW, they'll be able to the three companies together that will be able to sell out a big arena. I know? would bring back, I would bring back that old uh, Florida championship wrestling show, battle of the belts. Where they'd bring in the AWA, they'd mm-hmm. bring in the NWA, they'd have all these different champions from different promotions on one show, you yeah. know, and that's, have a true clash of champions, you know, yeah. in a way. I think that uh, there's something cool about that, but then I also think that they need to, at a point, then separate. Of course. Because otherwise, you're just one giant promotion with multiple shows, and it's confusing, and it doesn't really work. At some point, they need to, to separate. Also, there's like, there or bring is, back a go- bring back a governing bot. Well, have the NWA be a governing body that yeah. goes in between all these promotions, 
And then, uh, you know, back in the old day, you know, back in the day. And then, like, once a year, they have the one big blow-off show where everybody gets spotlighted and, you know, everybody prospers from it, from the the exposure. But here's my – so here's my issue, though, with this. The way that they did this, this was, like, the closest you could have had to, like, a NWO-type invasion, like when they had, you know, the impact thing or whatever. Yeah, which has never been done, by the way. Yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, they – Oh, an invasion angle. Yeah. I wish if this type of thing was happening, and I like the fact that they did it differently, that it's not so much an invasion as it is almost like uh, like you had um, Don Callis, like, infiltrate, you know? Like, it, yeah. it, it's it's a, a neat take on it. I just wish it would have been with fans. And I understand that Impact has some fans and stuff, but it's not it's not the same as if you got a shot of, like, the good brothers coming through the packed crowd, you know? They um, hot shot at something. They probably should have just sat yep. on for a little bit, you know. I agree. Especially I, with the vaccine coming out, hopefully, you know, crowds, you know, people getting, you know, uh, vaccinated, yeah. less likely, less risk involved and all that good stuff. So, and then, then you, you can have crowds. Yeah. You know, they, they could have sat on this for a little bit, you know. Let's talk a little bit about the vaccine, Meanie. Um, <laughs> so... I decided to try and get the vaccine. Uh, yeah. I could not. Um, and But one of the... So here's, here's an interesting thing. And what's, I don't know what your take is on this, and I'm curious. I don't think we've talked about this. Um, and, uh, you know, give me the old, the old uh, you know, chew on the pencil if you don't uh, want to answer. But um, the vaccine, when you're going through, it's like 65... <laughs> got the pencil in the mouth. Uh, it's like 65... Plus, like, here in Pennsylvania. I'm just talking yeah. strictly about Pennsylvania. Um, yes. A, there's nothing, like, there's no vaccine to get. Like, you can't find it anywhere. But B, if you go through and fill out whether or not you're eligible, there's a list that, like, goes through of all these things from, like, um, like the, the debilitating diseases, and then they have obesity, and oh, then, then I'm right in. I'm, and I'm, then, I'm right. Well, here's the thing. Obesity is based off of your BMI, which anyone who knows anything about BMI, you get a dude who's shredded with a lot of muscle mass, and yeah. they'll be considered obese by a BMI chart. Um, but they also have smokers. Yeah. And I've had plenty of uh, you know, I had people in my family who smoked, and I'm not a smoker. Smoking is not good. I'm not judging you if you are a smoker. Uh, I am saying you probably shouldn't for health reasons, you know. Yeah. But it seems kind of like, I don't know. That seems like you shouldn't be able to leapfrog over other people because you're a smoker. Right. Like, doesn't that kind of seem like like you chose to, like, even like obesity Obesity is, is is something that's not just uh, your you know your choices in life. It's also your it's your body type. You know there are going to be people who are going to be heavier just because that's the way they are, and they're going to have higher health risks. And that I get, but yeah. smoking is a choice. Smoking is something that you've chosen to do. And if they're saying, well, this could really negatively affect a smoker, it's kind of like, I want to be like, well, yeah, but it also can negatively affect a non-smoker. And should a smoker get 
I'm not saying a smoker should be sent to the back of the line, but should they be getting pushed to the front of the line? Like, should smoking just be off the table of like, that's not a, a criteria that we're even going to discuss of whether or not you should get, because that's what I think. I don't think smoking should be like, like you're penalized or you're given special treatment. I think it should have nothing to do with anything, you know? But I think it's weird that like, like if I went and they said to me like, sorry, we have to give the, the thing to this person because they smoke, that I'm being penalized because I chose not to smoke cigarettes. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of right, the same reason why they kept liquor stores open as essential businesses because if pe- certain people stopped drinking, they would die. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess. Some, uh, addiction is, an, is a disease upon itself. Yeah, and it's don't get the, me wrong. I'm not claiming that, I know. that smoking is not an addiction or, or anything. Oh, like I know. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying, oh, you could just put that down and be done with it. That's That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... Right. The, for the vaccine, strictly for the vaccine. I just feel like when you're like, well, here's your list. Do you have cancer? Do you smoke? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, yeah. I understand smoking is something that you get into. Maybe you got into it at a young age. Maybe you didn't know any better at the time. And it's they, really they always tough put, to kick. Yeah, they, it's, it's something that, you know, none of the people at the uh, nicotine companies always try to push on people at a young age because they figure yeah. if they hook you young... Yeah. Then it becomes harder to quit. And that's the thing. I'm not blaming. It's not my business of why someone started smoking. I'm not blaming them for smoking or anything like that. But what I'm saying Mm -hmm. is they had like, it literally had cancer and uh, Down syndrome and smoking. And I'm like, like, you don't, like Down syndrome wasn't a choice you made at some point in your life. And now you're addicted to it. And cancer wasn't a choice you made at some point in your life, and now you're addicted to it. So I'm kind of like, I don't know, for this vaccine that's supposed to be saving people's lives, it just seemed weird to me that 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 was a criteria. And the weird thing about it was, if I clicked on the thing that said I was a smoker, it said on the website, you're eligible for a vaccine. If I left it blank, it said, I'm sorry, but you're you're, uh, not yet eligible. And that was the thing that I think kind of bothered me. Was like you you're told your whole life, don't smoke, smoking's bad, don't smoke. And now they're just kinda like, Hey, you know this vaccine that could save your life? No, it sucks it sucks you listened to everyone and didn't smoke. Cause that would have been really helpful to you right now. Like that right. that's all I'm saying. It just seems weird. Like my feeling is this like if you can get the vaccine, get it. Just go get it. Don't right. don't cut around people who need it more than you, but just, t- just tell me you're a smoker. Fuck it. Show up with some cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, like, I can, but it just seems kind of like, it just seems it's weird. Not, it's not like a tree where you cut it in half and then count the rings to see how old it is. There's there's no proof that yeah. you're a, a no, non-smoker. I, and I get that. I get that. And, just put know. some yellow on your teeth, make your fingertips brown, <laughs> show up with a pack of marbles, and get your fucking shot. There you go. I don't know. Work, make, the, work, work, work the gimmick fucking sure enough. Yeah, Jesus you got to work Christ. the gimmick. All right, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do then. Well, <laughs> that's, well look, if, if that's the one thing, you know, that's kind of goofy about this whole vaccine, you know, we're lucky. I mean, the whole thing's been botched. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to get into politics. But, uh, you know, just the di- distribution. Yeah, no matter who you life. think is responsible... Right. No matter, it, it, you can't deny the fact that it's just not working. 
the, the, the distribution well, the, is not working. The distribution, but the vaccine. The vaccine is very much working. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've had friends who I, I have uh, a lot of friends who are healthcare workers who got you know they're frontline, so they got it, mm-hmm. and uh, they give me the uh, the play by play of everything they went through, and mm-hmm. even when you get it, you still kind of have to go on about life, you know, like you, you d- pretend you didn't get the shot. You know, just still still wear the mask, still wash your hands, still uh, do all that good stuff. But you know, the first shot you feel fine, and the second shot you kind of get achy, kind of like, you know, uh, like you had, you know, the disease. And then within a couple days, you're fine. But uh, my mom, my mom got vaccinated. She's down in Florida. She's over sixty. Oh, okay. She got vaccinated. She had the, uh, I I, want to say maybe it was the second, or maybe it was the first shot. Got like a little bit, like for the next couple of days, didn't feel great. My uh, 94 year old, almost 94 year old grandfather got vaccinated, did not have an issue. His arm wasn't even sore. He got like no issue. He, start, with it he, did, he just started flexing. Yeah, you pussies. He's, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, put it, that in your ledger. Yeah. When you're, I guess when you're 94 <laughs> years old, he doesn't have, he doesn't have time to get a sore arm. You know, he's yeah. just like, I'm not putting up with it. Like, I think it's like his entire life, I think, is mind over matter. Like, he's just like, eh, I'm not going to deal with this. Eh, I'm old, whatever. I don't have time to I be got, old. I ain't got time to be sore matlocks on, motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> um, but no, I I, uh, I don't know. And that's my thing. And I hope that people who are listening to this, if you're a smoker, I'm not saying you deserve it less. I'm not saying, like, and I, I want to be clear with that. Because, like, if you smoke... I am not saying that you deserve the vaccine less than someone who doesn't smoke. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it seems like a thing that is objectively not good for you and is and you are constantly told your entire life is something you should not do, should not be the reason you get it above other people. That's what I'm saying. Now, if you have you know, breathing issues, that's a different story. And if your breathing issues came on because you're a smoker, then yeah, I guess that's kind of a, a, a workaround. But if you have breathing issues, I don't care how you got them, then yeah, I think you should be bumped to the, the front of the line. So I guess maybe they're just not playing politics with it and they're just saying if you smoke because we know your, your lungs are not going to be in as good shape. So they're not like dressing it up nicely so maybe that's it you know and well the government makes a good money off those tobacco taxes so yeah we can't yeah we got to keep you alive got to keep keep the smokers alive gotta keep my lights on yep you know there's a lot of uh what are they called uh lobbyists yep. who uh <laughs> make a lot of money off that tobacco so uh, and that's as political as i'll get yeah but, you know um yeah so but uh, yeah, hopefully we get it soon. Uh, I, I mean, just finally got. I just got an email saying that I can. You know, there's a free testing center near me. You I don't even know if I. So you absolutely should be able to get it. I um, hope, and not because you're over sixty five, um, but because I'm saying you're not. I'm saying you're not. You've got what six years left until then. Um, because of the fact that you had part of your lung removed? Oh, yeah. That's... Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I know I know for a fact people who have had, uh, issue, like, other medical issues or whatever, and they've gotten basically a doctor's note. 
And they bring that with them. They make their appointment. They bring it with them. It's like a pre-existing medical condition. And like, if you have a doctor writes the note, like, you know, that's legit, man. Like if we're having a conversation about people who, uh, smoked and had bad, you know, lungs, you're talking about somebody who you grew up severe asthmatic and then ended up having a piece of your lung removed. Like, I feel like that's gotta be enough to get you in the door. I would so, hope. So do it. Yeah. We That's need we need uh, that meanie. What what is, <laughs> what is the mind of the meanie without the meanie, you know? Yeah. The lung of the meanie. Yeah. Um What's the mind of the meanie without the without the meanie? It's called talking with friends available. <laughs> How many people are just going to be like, "Oh, dude, okay, they're doing another show." And then they're going to be like, "Where's meanie?" Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. Where's meanie? Well, meanie will have to do a guest spot at some point. Yeah. I'll be in my R and to bump our to bump our rate in your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, a uh, quick shout out, man, uh, to artist Bill Wood, because uh, I'm looking at myself on camera, the photo that's right here. Yeah, he sent me this poster. It's a mock ECW poster, and he put me on the co- uh, put me so on cool. one of the posters. Uh, go to. Hi, I'm Bill on uh, social media. Uh, check out his posters, all that stuff. He just sent me one that I can frame and give to McCuskers. So awesome. hopefully, hopefully, yeah, let me double check that social media. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's, uh, a, it's a really cool, um, really, really cool drawing. Um, dude, he, he, he does a, a amazing work. Um, he, and he does like, tour posters too you know he does like a whole bunch of stuff he's a big wrestling fan big music fan big fan and uh big fan but uh yeah ah, good dude man uh he sent me one and he sent me one uh okay it's at hey i'm bill wood on all social media on twitter instagram all that stuff and then uh you can go to his uh his website and check out his posters uh, but yeah, man, uh, awesome stuff. He sent me one, I sent one back signed and then he sent me another one, uh, so I can frame it and give it a McCuskers for the wall and stuff like that. That's awesome. His, his artwork's like right in there aesthetic, if I could say that, cause I got no lips. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'll, I'll frame that and give that to them and, uh, yeah, it'll be really cool. You know, well, we're yeah. You know, the walls of uh, Train Mini Studios are coming along. I framed Looks the great. Andre the Giant. I framed the Andre the Giant poster that Slickter gave me, and then Bill Wood gave me another uh, poster for uh, ECW House Party, the Stairway to Hell match between Sabu and uh, Sandman, which looks amazing. We put that on the other wall. Very cool. This is basically the Mini Wall. And then we uh, we got our other posters. We got the poster from the last concert at the Spectrum. Uh, something from uh, we got a signed poster from the creators of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We got a couple uh, Philly uh, tarot cards. You know, you know, you know, when people do readings and stuff like that. Somebody did a deck based on Philadelphia, and there's That's one cool. of uh, one card for the fanatic, one card for gritty. Uh, the <laughs> The fanatic is the fool card, and gritty's the devil card. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's shaping up in here. It's shape. Uh, we got a, we got one painting our, our friend Angus Oblong gave us. 
of the infamous uh, when Britney Spears got out of the car with no underwear on, or oh she's riding with and her gimmick was showing. Uh, and he's he's got a really cool uh, style of art. He had a cartoon on uh, Cartoon Network back in the day, the Oblongs, which uh, Will Ferrell was one of the voices, which was oh, wow. really cool. That's cool. So yeah, so uh, we're trying to support. I don't know. Make 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 the room look a little artsy fartsy and oh, really cool. You definitely covered the fartsy part. Uh, now you're taking <laughs> care of the artsy. So this is a yeah. No, it is really. You got a great setup there. Um, I you know your setup is what kind of made me go. Hey, I gotta gotta step it up here. Step up my game. When you're on here, you can only kind of see the ties and a little bit over my head. We've got the mind of the meanie pins. Which hey, by the way. There's still some Mind of the Meanie pins available at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Get the Mind of the Meanie Hal Haney logo pin and then also get the Meanie Tunes pin. Uh, if you listen to this show and you haven't gotten that, uh, why? So uh, you can kind of see that stuff a little <laughs> bit. Uh, my Sherney Award um, and then my, my belt. Um, but if you were to pan out here, which we can't do now, but if you were to, you would see my Hasbro Wrestling figures uh, display and you would see my whole display of all the people that I've worked with, uh, which I've now been, thanks to Ringside Collectibles, uh, I've got a bunch of the AEW figures now that I've been, uh, it's like killing me to take them out of their package to display them, <laughs> yeah. but but I am. But it's also kind of cool, so I've got like, um, so I've got the little bit of the bubbly display, and it's cool. So, I, cool. so I've got Jericho holding the bubbly and it's got the table and all the little like accessories. And then I put next to it um, my the uh, cork from the, bu- the actual cork from the bubbly, which was not from that night. That was from the first dynamite when he popped the cork. Um, yeah. And so I have that. And then I have my uh, all access pass sitting next to it from the night that the little bit of the bubbly thing happened. Um, so cool. Yeah, because I was lucky enough to be backstage uh, when they were filming that. So that's kind of like, it's been fun to kind of, you know, have my passes up against some of the figures that were made from these specific times. So especially because who knows if I'll ever go back there again. Um, <laughs> you know, even when the world gets back to normal, like I don't know when these companies are going to be like, hey, like, you know what we need? We need a guy walking around the crowd and then coming yeah. into the locker room. And then in it, like I would be like patient zero, you know, like just going around interviewing people, getting a disease, bringing it backstage, interviewing someone, giving them the disease. Like it's not a good, uh, not something that's going to happen anytime soon. Exhibit a exhibit B. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the hey, hot potato. Hey, you want to open up some, uh, Oh my God. I thought you'd never ask. Uh, I've been waiting. What do you I'll have? be waiting. I've got lemon lime. I got fuck. So dark in here. Oh, uh, pineapple buble. Ooh, a little bit of ooh. Buble. Yeah, man. All right, here we go. Three. This is actually a winner. All right, three, two, one. Oh, that sounded nice. Go birds. Ugh. By, by Wentz. From, he, he went back from whence he came. I'm so fucking annoyed with that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. 
I, I had a couple lively discussions about it on social media, and just I'm so fucking annoyed. Yeah, somehow and I feel like it's going to come up and ask Meanie. Oh, really? Well, it, it doesn't have to if you talk about it now. Uh, dude, it just, uh, yeah, I'm just fucking annoyed. Um, he he's he's been unfairly, uh, he's been mistreated. In my opinion, dude, I've never seen. And I've been a Philly sports fan my whole life. Yeah, I'm 82 years old, <laughs> and I can tell you, my 82 years, I've never seen the venom and vitriol that has been thrown this guy's fucking way. I don't get it. So look, look, I get it. He had a bad year, right? But the organization fucking failed him, right? Uh, you know, there's talent there, you know, and there's you know there's talent to be, you know, directed. You know, I just I just don't get. It. I'm just so fucking annoyed with it. Um, I of course we're talking about Carson Wentz for those not listening. Yes. Uh, for not. Knowing who we're talking about, if you're, uh, I know we have uh, plenty of listeners in Nicaragua who might not uh, know who we're talking about, but uh, the, the person who was supposed to be our uh, franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz, was traded to the Indian, Indianapolis Colts, which it's a, oh my God, look at that freeze frame there. Uh, <laughs> I froze in a, in a, in a blink, <laughs> which is great for an audio medium. Um me to be talking about yeah uh get ready two more episodes and this thing is not just patreon yeah man there are a lot of Uh, things i can clean up in post but i can't clean up a uh, frozen that's not true i could skip it but i'm not going to (laughs) jerk um Uh, but yeah dude uh you know he was he's drafted here in 2016 they went through hoops to, to draft him right and then, you know, his first year, he was just going to be a red shirt, third string quarterback behind Sam Bradford. And then the Vikings had like this horrific injury with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, which the Eagles went, wound up training Sam Bradford to the Vikings, which pushed him, you know, to the front of the line. And Carson Wentz, his first year looked really good, mm. you know, uh, you know, first year, you know, starting quarterback with a, a new coach. Uh, it was what it was. I always say, you know, uh, when you hire a new coach, you have like a five year window mm-hmm. to find it, kind of find your sea legs, you know? Yeah. You know, 2017, he has a proper off season and has an MVP fucking year lights out. Uh, he goes 11 and two. Yep. Uh, and then I was at the game in Los Angeles. It was, it, dude, it's probably one of the best games I've ever watched. Yeah, best Eagles game I've ever watched. I'll say that because people go, "Well, actually, <laughs> oh, uh, well, uh, best Eagles games I I, I, I watched." And uh, you know, he he goes down, and uh, you know, there's a play on the the five yard line. He goes to scramble, goes in for a touchdown. They call it back because there was an offside mm-hmm. by Lane Johnson, and he tore his ACL and his MCL. I remember watching it, and he went down, and I'm like. I'm like that, nah, he'll be fine. My buddy, I'm watching with, he's just like, he, he like looked like he saw a ghost. He was 
like, you know, all the, all the color drain from his face. Cause he, I guess I didn't catch it the same way, but he like watched it and he's like, no, he's, he's like, oh shit. No, no, no. But, but, but here's the thing. I'm there live, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in the opposite end zone. I'm like 10 rows from the field, but the opposite end zone. So it goes in. We're like, Hey, touchdown. Oh, they're yeah. bringing it back. He, with a torn uh-huh. ACL and a torn MCL. He stood up and played three more fucking yes. plays. Unbelievable. He, Carson Wentz with a torn ACL, MCL, threw a touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey, who had a torn uh, rotator cuff. Yeah. So if you're if you're shitting on the on this team, go fuck yourself. That's <laughs> basically my look. The thing, and that's like everything you're saying it, is you can't. Like what a what a bunch of bullshit. This this guy is your is your hero and your savior and everything. Guess what? You can't, one person can't win a game. He right. can try. And then listen, he got a concussion. You know, obviously well, not uh, the uh, same. Well, I know. Well, yeah, he will go uh, uh, continue. Let me, let me, he does the thing. He, he, he rehab. Well, how about this? He's out for the season. Everybody's like, oh, the season's over. And then his backup quarterback, who used to be the starter, mm-hmm. Nick Foles, big Nick Foles comes in and wins the Super Bowl. So you go from having a, a well eleven and two season, your backup wins the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they and they they erected a statue to him that which still stands out in front of the stadium. Yep. All right, it was put there by Bud Light, but still, there's a <laughs> statue there of the guy who won the trophy that you probably could have won if he hadn't been hurt. Oh, Sha- so they, shackle for it. I'm putting I'm putting this shit on on the screen for me to see. No, he didn't cry because he was a baby. Because <laughs> okay, listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, motherfucker. Oh, oh boy. He comes back the next season, looks good, but then his fucking back's fucked up because when you have a knee injury, right, you overcompensate. I've had knee injuries where, like, I'm I'm trying to work the you know leave pressure off this knee and then my back starts hurting or my other knee starts hurting because I'm overcompensating. So take that shit off the fucking screen. <laughs> Shackleford. Shackleford's getting meanie hot. Um, yeah, I'm about to walk no, off but, this fucking thing. I mean, in fairness to Shackleford, uh, he, uh, Shackleford, you're full of shit. Um, it's not that that's, I'm trying to make a fucking point. And then, you know, he has the fucking, the back issue. All right, he comes back. He comes back the next fucking season, and everybody around him is fucking injured. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is going on with the medical staff over at that fucking building? He, he, he basically put the fucking practice squad. All the starters were injured. All the people he had to throw the ball to were done. He had, they're bringing up people from the practice squad to fucking play with him. And he took him to the playoffs. He goes to the playoffs, gets a fucking dirty hit to the back of the head. Yep. Gets a fucking concussion. And he's out. His first, he t- takes the team to the playoffs. His first playoff game, fucking helmet to helmet, back of the head. And then he comes back this year. And they're like, oh, what's wrong with Carson Wentz? He had a fucking concussion. And that was something you pointed out in the beginning of the I, season. Uh, I've been saying this all year. I've had undiagnosed fucking concussions, all right, motherfucker? So I know what it's like to have shit linger to where, like, 
your your judgment's all fucked up and all that stuff. So, yeah, he made a, a couple bad fucking plays. But also, where's the fucking offensive line? The fucking, te- you know, he was the most sacked quarterback in the fucking, in the whole fucking league because, you know, it was like a fucking bullfighter letting the bull through the fucking tackle him. You know, he was, he was getting sacked left and right. So you're seeing ghosts. You're hearing footsteps. So this fucking... And then he's got nobody to throw to. I, you know, I watched, you know, all the, you know, I listened to sports talk all day. I listened to Ike Reese, who actually played the fucking game. I watched guys on the ESPN who actually played the fucking game. And they play the footage of these fucking wide receivers, you know, running the wrong routes. So if he's throwing the ball to where they should be and they're going the wrong way. How's that his fault? How's that his fucking yep. fault, right? You know, so, you know, and, but, you know, people fucking just shit on him. And like Andy Slichter saying now that uh, Wentz is going to thrive on the new team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to win a fucking Super Bowl with the Colts. Yeah. He probably will. And and, and because there's, like I said, one person doesn't win a game. And he's going to go to a team that has a fucking offensive line. He has a fucking coach that will actually run the fucking ball. You know? Yeah. What the fuck? I think, you the, know, the, the you organization the fucking failed him. You pointed out in the beginning of the season. Um, first of all, the season in general was just rough all the way across the board because there was no preseason. It was just, it right. was a disaster. Um, but. And then, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. So, you know, his fucking backup wins the fucking Super Bowl. He gets knocked out. His fucking the same backup, the Super Bowl MVP, almost takes him takes him back to the fucking playoffs, and then the fucking you know the the year after he gets knocked out with a concussion, they hire they draft a fucking quarterback in the second fucking round with a second round pick, so he's always had to fucking look over his fucking shoulder to see who's coming to take his fucking job, yeah. you know, if you buy a fucking fancy car, whatever. I don't care. I drive a fucking hoopty, so I don't give a fuck. I, I park in South Philly, so I ain't buying nothing nice. But if you buy a fucking really nice fucking car, that's an investment. A quarterback is, is an investment. You got to fucking put, give them fucking protection. You got to put an alarm system on them. You got to fucking put people around them that won't let them fucking get fucking dirty. You know? Yeah. What the fuck? You know? Shackleford has a lot more to say, but we're going to keep it off the screen because hey. I don't know if we can handle... Uh... I don't know if we can handle more, uh, more uh, the red ass. I'm meaning. fucking, I'm <laughs> fucking livid. I love it. I'm fine. Um, look, we can I don't all get agree. this hot about wrestling, but what? Yeah. I don't get this hot about wrestling, but no, know. no. This is welcome to a a real Philly sports fan because that's what this is the Philly sports fan that everybody else hears about. Um, I've seen people react to Carson Wentz. As if they fucking murdered, he went to their house and murdered a family member. Yeah. What what I don't understand, and I am, my fandom is nowhere in the same galaxy as Meanie's. And that's not an insult. That's a a fact. Meanie is is a true diehard, you know, Eagles fan. But I guess I'm just, I don't understand how like like to me when I found out he was getting traded, I was kind of just like, "Yep, well, there you, knew you go." It was coming. Like, yeah, well, we knew for a while, and we knew they, you know, yeah. it's standard. They're not going to do it during the Super Bowl, like you know, week right. or even the week after. But like, I don't know. To me, I'm just like, why are you? 
Why is everyone turning on him? Because guess what's going to happen? He ever comes back, people are going to lose their shit and be so excited. It's the same. And that's, you know, you say don't get hot about this like in the same way with wrestling. But it's no different. It's no different than wrestling fans shitting on people who, you know, like, oh, how come they left? How come they did this? Oh, he should have done this. Oh, he should have done that. All like, right. listen, the guy didn't go out there and ever try to lose. You know, right. the concussion thing, Meany said it in the beginning of the season. And I, and when you pointed that out on social media, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a valid thing that nobody's, no one's really like acknowledging, you know, like. That, that, look, look, the NFL doesn't want to, right. anybody to acknowledge it because they've had the fucking concussion lawsuits. They made a fucking movie about mm-hmm. it. They made a, there's a documentary on PBS, which you go watch right now called League of Denial of how the NFL's tried to hold, bury the whole concussion thing. Dude. He got fucking hit in the back of his head, helmet to helmet. His head got fucking driven into the fucking ground. Yeah. They said he when he went back to the fucking sideline that game, he didn't even know his fucking name. He's like, dude, I'm in a fucking bad way. He didn't know anything. Yeah, and you that's know? serious shit. And, and you know, the other side of it is... It's even, Kevin Cobb all over again, you know? Even if Kevin his, Cobb got... Uh, if Kevin mean, Cobb got, got a concussion... Which almost drove him to fucking suicide. That's why I get fucking hot about it. It's more about the concussion. Well, and that's you know? and the thing is, there's also an. That's why that's that, that's really why I'm hot because yeah. of the concussion. Well, all- I, I, I I I I see it happen to, you know, my 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 fellow my coworkers. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've I've seen the effects it has on people. Maybe that's why I'm getting a little over. You know, and Shackleford is, is saying, you know, peace and love, just. Not not trying to upset you. Um, uh, I'm the wrong motherfucker to fuck <laughs> with on this. Um, I will, f- I will strangle you in front of your family. I don't <laughs> oh man, uh, not not real. Join Patreon, so <laughs> so me to get threatened. To fucking pod squad. No, seriously, dude. I I listen to people talk, and I keep my fucking like I said. If I bit my tongue i wouldn't have a fucking tongue left but yeah just like the guy did nothing wrong as selector saying is organizational failure you can't put all the blame on wentz and listen is wentz perfect did he screw some things up did he make some bad plays yeah he did can you blame it all on the concussion no absolutely not but he's not perfect and 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 to act like all of a sudden like wentz the only the only uh quarterback to ever make a bad play to ever you know throw the ball and miss his mark like no so first of all let's let's relax for a minute at least he didn't smile like McNabb that son of a bitch oh my god that used to drive me insane yeah I hated that he would always just be like oh my bad and it's like no it's like fuck, like, fuck you he, he, McNabb would kill a bunch of worms and go yep yep exactly show some fucking fire yeah I, I, that's the one thing I, sh- I always liked about Carson you, dude yep when he fucked up, you could just look at his face and know he how fucking it affected him. You know, where McNabb would just go. <laughs> it's like, oh, you motherfucker. He was talented. I love McNabb. But, like, he's another one. Well, the city's always killed the quarterback, yeah. you know. And the city's always been in love with the backup until the yep. backup comes in and plays. You know, uh, when McNabb went out, you know, you know, AJ Feely would come in. Everybody's like, "Yeah, AJ, get rid of McNabb, keep AJ." And then you know, AJ Feely throws a bunch of fucking interceptions against Seattle, and they're like, "Bring back McNabb." You know, a va- yeah, a valid, a valid point being made. Um, 
Yes. By by uh, Shackleford over here. Is that, you know. Uh, let me say, look, look, Shackleford, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was in a stream of consciousness uh, that I needed to get out. And uh, it's kind of like jerking off. You know, when somebody, you're in a stream of consciousness and then somebody knocks on the door and you're startled, like, oh, what the f- where was I? Yeah. You know? So, I, I went from being Shackle for the only cr- thing you did wrong was interrupt Meanie in the middle of his jerking off. Yeah. <laughs> I went from being in a pool with Christy Brinkley to shooting pool with David Brinkley. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but he is making the point that, you know, there is something to be said, a certain amount of criticism when this guy's getting paid $100 million, you know, like you, you, that's on the organization for giving them that fucking contract, you know? <laughs> he Seriously. says, Shackleford says, no worries. I love you guys. Don't, nah, I love don't bring, too, don't bring I've, me into this. I had nothing to, yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm I was just venting. I was just venting. Cause like, really, this is the shit I've just been sitting on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, <sighs> Yeah, I, I had it back and forth with somebody from uh, one of the local talk, talk, talk sports stations who took uh, the the fucking company side, the uh, organization side. I was like, really? <laughs> you know? <laughs> really? I, yeah. I, uh, I think. Uh, sorry, I've, I've bored our non-football. Uh, I don't think you there. bored anybody because no one has ever heard the Blue Meanie get that hot before dude uh, so I'm, I'm good now i'm good I'm not, now I just, i'm not bored i'm just glad that i wasn't on the receiving end of it although i almost was i interrupted your story at one point and you were ready to you're gonna grab a yeah. chair yeah yeah i was ready to go sit on my couch and <laughs> you can talk to the fucking wall behind me <laughs> oh well that's a nice wall with some great the art the meanie the wall of the meanie podcast <laughs> Talk to my fucking belt. I'm out. Uh, I love you guys. I just, I just, I'm passionate when it comes to this because it's just, you know, dude. If you lived here and you're a sports fan, you're just born into yeah. it. You're a four for four now, five for five because we have soccer now. You know, yeah. and uh, that's why I, I look, I'll look at other cities like a Buffalo or when I was in England or I watch, you know, you know, sports overseas. It's just like Philly, man, yeah. with the chance and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I went to I went to the Eagles game over in London, and I might as well just been in Philly. You know, the the the, the you know, you know, and you know, look at a town like Buffalo who suffered so long, and that those people are diehards. Mm-hmm. I I got such a spot in my heart for diehard sports fans because I am. I'm you, and and like look, you're just I'm saying not this expert. because Buffalo had a BWO sign, and you well, made a shirt off of it. <laughs> Before that, we had a bunch of EC, ECW. Buffalo is a good ECW town yeah. with the Burt Flickin Center and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was Shire my Ford says Burrow. Embiid was amazing last night. Oh, don't, don't try and don't try. <laughs> we know how you really feel. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm good now. You're good. <laughs> Can this it's like when you it's like when you got a boiling pot of water and you just take the lid off and yep. let the steam out. Yeah. So thank you, my sh- Shackle my Ford, for uh, we'll call this episode uh, the red parentheses ass and parentheses meanie. Um, More like pink because I'm so pale. Oh. No matter how red you can imagine it, just 
Um, fucking oatmeal buffet over here. Oh my! It's like a fucking pillow got ran over by cleats. So, uh, as nervous as I am to now uh, <laughs> let let anybody else talk directly to you. Uh, no, I'm good, <laughs> which, man. I'm good. Shaq Ford, you're a good dude. You're a good dude. I just no, we're all like, just uh, having fun here. Talks amongst friends. Talking uh, with friends. Hey, TWF. Talk, TWF, talking with friends. Available now. Mind of the meaning. I'm sorry. Um, don't be hot. sorry. You're fine. But we can't cut this out because it's no. like 40% of the podcast this week. Uh, <laughs> no. It should be you, like a no, clip on our you, YouTube. You had every, this, I'm glad it was brought up because this is clearly something that needed to be said. And it's something that people needed to hear because the poor guy... Doesn't deserve the shit he's getting, and then we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it at that. We'll miss the him. Guy, the guy bought property here. He invested in the community. Yep. He fucking had food trucks that gave people free food. Yeah, like his uh, he had a a, a a food truck called Thy Kingdom Crumb, and he would just drive to different locations and give people free food. Yeah, he's a good dude. Unless you're yeah. a bird. If you're a bird, have you ever seen his hunting cabin? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. man. A lot of dead birds. Um, Vanessa. Dude, uh, and also, in, uh, also, shout out to my boy Giovanni Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Who, uh, he, uh, I do, or during the season, I do an Eagles recap podcast with Giovanni Han- Hamilton and Connor Miles over on the uh, Eagles Brawl Network. And uh, Giovanni, who is a super fan for ECW, I mean, ECW, for Carson Wentz. <laughs> Uh, well, ECW too, but, uh, he was raised well. Um, <laughs> he, uh, took it pretty hard. Uh, he did a farewell to Carson on his Twitter, which ESPN picked up really, and, uh, and replayed and a couple he, of the uh, Col- member, me- like members of the Colts. Do you think ESPN's going to pick up, uh, from this? No, maybe the, uh, can I put some of it on uh, social media? It's like a little teaser. Go ahead. I don't care. Did uh, but uh, I? I, I, I got to give some love to the Giovanni. Uh, his reaction was as elo- was as eloquent. Um, no, as he, he, he was way more mature than I am. He, could you well, even imagine? Could you imagine that he, that for a little kid just sitting there going, and all all you just fucking why are you fucking you know? I'll strangle you in front of your family. <laughs> I'll strangle you in front of your fucking family. I'll fuck your father right in front of you. <laughs> I had a friend get into a fight with somebody, like a legit on the street fight, and they're like, "Fuck you, fuck you, I'll fuck your father." Hey, leave my don't don't fuck my dad. You know, he's just Christ. like I know some oh. people you just don't want to fuck with. You know, um, Vanessa um has a great. Uh, says new challenge. Count the uh, count all the, those f bombs. I would we love if someone wants to go back and give a count from start to finish of Meanie's uh, uh, his his decompression, if you will. Um, I would love Dude, to know that, that, that. That was a that was a session therapy for me right there. That's hey. Listen, the mind of the meanie isn't always a happy-go-lucky place. Sometimes there's some shit in there that needs to be let out. 
That's why that's why I, our logo pop, that pops the top, you know? And that's why I don't call on the sports talk radio. They would you know, dump me <laughs> out and with, in 20, sec, 20 seconds. But, uh, yeah, man. Just, you know what? You know what it comes down to? I hate fucking bullies, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like this guy was fucking bullied, you know? And just, he was never given a fucking fair chance by the organization. Mm-hmm. And, and fucking, they failed him. Like I said, when you have an investment, you protect your investment. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you know, if if you buy a, a fancy sports car, you, you keep it in a private garage. You know, you you yeah. put security in a place that's well secured. You know, you put them on a on a front line. Jason Peters is like, you know, not going to protect him anymore. <laughs> you know, I watched Carson Wentz get tackled by his own lineman during the season. He, he was scrambling, and his own lineman tackled him. Accidentally, but tackled him. I saw another clip. It was against Baltimore. And, the, you know, he snaps the ball. And the guy the guy sacks him, and the guy who was supposed to stop the guy from sacking him stopped to fix his gloves. He's just, like, fixing his gloves. And while he's fixing the gloves, the guy from Baltimore yeah. runs by and sacks Carson Wentz. Ah. Uh. I'm hungry you know, for a hoagie. Just, I would always get a hoagie when I'd watch the Eagles, and now all this talk about it, I'm hungry for a hoagie. Yeah. I could go for a breakfast pizza right now. <laughs> hey, fun thing happened uh, yeah. while we were recording this. The Major Wrestling Figure Podcast put out a nice post. Uh, card art by at 83 underscore design for the at Cella Toys limited edition one of 1,000 Mind of the Meanie retro-style action figure two-pack featuring Blue Meanie and Josh, well, at Blue Meanie BWO and at So Says Chernoff. Pre-order yours today, cellatoys.net, jbtoysandcollectibles.com, hashtag scratch that figure itch with a nice picture. Shit right there. Thank you. I, oh, yeah, I forgot I'm on a different camera. But anyway, uh, thank you to uh, Matt Cardona, and I would say Brian Myers, but we know that he's not handling the uh, social media but thank you guys for that uh that is so cool to get um get love like that from major wrestling figure podcast um absolutely man those guys are salt of the earth human beings just they're they're the guys who you know the good guys who made it you know what i'm saying this business can be kind of rough this business could kind of turn you sour yeah so to speak and those guys took their energies and turned it into something positive and they've created their own community the way we're trying to do over here at Mind of the Meanie. Again, yeah, I'm really- sorry, Shackleford. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad. I feel so bad, you know, but, yeah. uh, Sha- Shackleford's going to find like a, uh, like a free upgrade in his Patreon or something from me. <laughs> Shackleford, welcome to the blue, uh, Patreon blue send- membership. Yeah. Send him a shirt on my, on me. Yeah, tell him to pick a shirt. I feel bad now. Are you serious? But I, I, <laughs> you know what's going to happen, okay. though? Everyone's yeah. just going to intentionally try and piss you off now so they'll get a free shirt. That's yeah, fine. Shackleford, we're going to send you a free shirt. Yeah, please. Please let me send. Specifically, if Slichter ends up making a shirt based off of this interaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's the worst or the fact that I read him and just went, <laughs> 
Well, I guess I guess uh, we should. I have bad news for you. Uh, when we're doing the the, I've face- got bad news. Yeah, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Uh, when we do the 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 uh, fight show, uh, I'm gonna pretty much that's an extra bonus for Patreon members is their uh, comments are going to be posted on the screen uh, yeah. to be seen on fight. So I'm excited for fight. I'm excited man. too, uh, but if if. I don't know. Be careful what you post. Uh, you might end up getting a, a tongue lashing and a t-shirt. So um, <laughs> that should be the shirt. A tongue lashing. Tongue lashing and a t-shirt. There you go, Slickter. Um, yeah. I'm, I went all cat mode and gave my tongue licking. <laughs> tongue licking. Oh no! You better. Yeah, know. you better watch yourself. Or me, he's gonna lick that ass. <laughs> hey. Eating ass is my way of apologizing. Yikes. All right. <laughs> On that this, note. This is a this is an apology for the next 30 seconds you're about to receive. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the best 30 seconds of your life, sweetheart. Oh. Five pumps of fury. Three and a half pumps in, you're just like <laughs> I was the high school years though, but oh god. Okay, I'm a pro now. Wow. Now it's more like six pumps. (laughs) I got. Did I tell you? Did I tell you soap is such a whore? When you take a shower and uh... (laughs) what are what are you even talking about? Um, I'm talking about body wash. Yeah, Uh, I got you. Oh, you know what? I think maybe it's uh, maybe it's time that we uh, we ask Meanie anything. What do you think? Does the fun ever start? No, I'm digging. yeah. Seriously, go ahead. I'm just loopy right now. I'm loopy. <laughs> this has been a great episode. I think this um, is like been a. I'm coming down now. It's like I'm smoking a. It's like an after sex cigarette. Even hey, though I don't smoke. That, hey, that that after sex cigarette could get you a, a COVID vaccine. So, more like a after sex sandwich. Yeah, mm. sounds good to me. Right. I'm I'm so hungry. All right, here we go. Ask me something. All right, dude. Uh, we we did a we did an interview the other day. Mm-hmm. And for my own bemusement, I let one squeak out into the mic <laughs> while the guy was talking, and nobody picked up on it. <laughs> I did not catch that. He was he was talking, and I was, I was like, you know, let me see if this bleeds through. And just, oh man! And I laughed, but you guys were you guys were unaffected. But it's there in the mix, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here we got some uh, some fun ones here. Uh, I don't know if we read this one from Cactus Yak uh, <laughs> before. From the Ren and Stimpy show. Um, which wrestler, current or not, would you deem a great fit for color commentary when they're done in the ring, aside from Jericho? Did we answer that before? I don't remember. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, Samoa Joe's already doing the, the deal. Um, Eli Drake would be amazing. Congratulations to him for going to NXT's LA Knight now. But uh, great Eli great, Drake, great name. 
By the way, you can get the uh, Sarcasm is My Superpower shirt. Loretta. Yeah. Great talent. Amazing talent. Eli Drake. L.A. Knight. I don't know. Oh, I guess they couldn't call him Eli Drake because they already have a Drake there, Drake Maverick. Yeah. But they could have called Well, they need, needed to have that cadence because he goes, Eli Drake. So they needed an L.A. Knight. Yeah. They needed a uh, uh, uh. There you go. So, yeah. But, dude, if uh, the in-ring thing doesn't work out for him, which I don't know why it wouldn't. He's an amazing talent. And that's why I feel bad. That's why I hate, like, answering. Not that I hate. I hate myself. Because somebody sometimes somebody will ask me a question. I'll give the answer. I'll give a answer. And then after the show, I'll go, fuck, I forgot about so-and-so. You yeah. know? That's all Eli right. Drake, man, he's he's amazing. Uh, between the ring work and the mic work, uh, he reminds me of Austin, to be quite honest. On he reminds work. me of The Rock in a not good way, if I'm being honest. He reminds me a little too much like, like Rock uh, cosplay at times. I always got, got that from the other guy who's in AEW, uh, Ricky whatever. Ricky Starks? Yeah, he's, 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 he's so here's the thing, Ricky Starks, and this is not this is not his fault. Okay, um, he's talented. Don't get me wrong. This is not his he's, fault. His face looks very similar to somebody that I know that they don't. Someone I know of that I'm not going to say their name, but I just do not like. Not in wrestling, but he it, he just it, it, his face. Instantly, the first time I saw him, I'm like, oh, my God, he looks just like this other guy. Blankety blank. And I just do not like that other guy. Mm -hmm. And it makes it so tough because everything. Thank God he's a heel because I'm able to at least, you know, play into it because I've never met Ricky Starks. Um, talented dude. It is a little. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing the rock. Uh, cosplay, I, I, dude. When, dude, as soon as he came out on NWA, I was just like, yeah. But uh, that's the first person I thought Eli of. Drake. It's more his mannerisms and and the tone of voice. He's he's he sounds like he's talking like uh you know ninety like late nineties rock. Weird, because to me, he, to me, he sounds like Steve Austin. Which hmm. I mean, maybe it's had, a combo. Maybe, Listen, hey, it's working. Could be a combo of both. Yeah, yeah. Rock's not coming back doing full time. Uh, Wrestling, neither is Austin, so knock yourself out, man. Uh, Hulk Hogan was a ripoff of uh, superstar Billy Graham, you know? Absolutely. Like, so it's, no, I, there was a lot of ripoffs of superstar Billy Graham, yeah, but he was big the Papa most notable. Pump, Scott Steiner. Come on. Yeah. Uh, well, at least and then it evolves. It. And then it evolves into their own things. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, Ricky you know Starks, I, I just, I feel so bad. I want to meet him yeah. in person to like him as an, as an actual person. Because he just yeah. looks so much like someone I I just despise right. that I'm like it, it just it, it's really tough. But uh, you, you know what's weird? What's weird? I I, I find in, I, I find myself in that situation too. Where excuse me, a little self kiss there. Yeah, doesn't hype. We're also where I'll see somebody on TV. And I'll, maybe it's them just doing their job right, and I get I'm like oh annoyed with somebody 
And then I meet them, and they're super nice, and I feel like the biggest dick in the world. Even though I did nothing to them other than have an opinion, you know? Yeah. But then I start questioning myself, am I a bad judge of character? (laughs) You know? Hey. But no, I'm just judging people off of what I see on TV, which they're a heel. I guess they're doing their job. Yeah. There are plenty of people that I'm not a fan of watching on television. Um, It's not anything personal. You know, it's not like like you and Shackleford. Like, this is not, like... You know, <laughs> I don't wish any harm on them. I don't, uh, I'm sorry, Shackelford. Really? You, that's two t-shirts now. Um, no. uh, no, 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 just one, this one, this one. Also Shackleford, one shirt. here's the thing. Shackleford's going to be like, yeah, I'll take a, uh, I'll take a large and we're going to send him a small, um, <laughs> medium. Um, uh, oh my God. Apparently, Travis says Eli uh, has done motion capture for the 2K games, so he probably has literally played The Rock before. That's interesting. Um, Maybe. I had an old friend um, who did uh, uh, did uh, Cassidy Riley. Do you know who he is? Yeah. Um, he, he did a lot of the motion capture for the 2K games. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. Yeah, yeah. He's, a good, he's from he's from like the Tennessee area, uh-huh. maybe. Yeah, he's a good guy, yep. real good guy. I knew him from down in OVW. Um, I met him through Shane Douglas. Yeah, Cassie's he a good guy. Good. He's one of the few people that I'm still. I mean, I'm I'm like Facebook in touch, you know, but uh, but one of the still few people. Still in touch. Yeah, they were yeah. still still in touch a little bit, and uh, um, got the only reason why I really still have Facebook anyway. Just yeah. to no, he's got great family, and and uh, he's a good dude. Um, great dude. Uh, let's see. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wow. It's like you, like you slowly opened a door. Um, <laughs> um, Anthony Camarada says, I uh, couldn't type before, uh, I was driving, but tongue lashing in a t-shirt. Don't threaten me with a good time. I think Slichter. Tongue lashing in a t-shirt. That's have fun. Yeah, normally, I don't get hot like that, except for things I'm really passionate about. I think it's great. I think that's yeah. this, this is going to be a spike in our uh, in our downloads. Um, uh, that's another t-shirt. A little spike in your downloads. Spike in your downloads. Yeah, and just a little a little full uh, full diaper. Um, Andy Slichter. Has an ask me anything bigger Philly sports pressure, Eagles okay. quarterback or Flyers goalie? Oh, that's a great question. Yes, I would say quarterback. quarterback. I'm going to say quarterback just because I yeah. think just the level of, we're, of we're, fandom insanity that goes along in Philly. Like when the fly, like if the Flyers are doing well and you're not a hockey fan. Like you may hear about it, but yeah. if the Eagles are doing well and you're not a, a a football fan, you know the Eagles are doing well. Like with the exception of like the run that '08 Phillies went on, this is a, a football town. Yeah, yeah, this is a, definitely a football town. But we love our, you know, we love our other sports, but the Eagles are number one, really. Um. Devin Miller writes, thoughts on the upcoming AEW pay-per-view and the exploding barbed wire death match. That is going to be uh that is going to be between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Now, 
if you'll remember when they when they first met, uh, I forget which pay per view it was, but I I was uh, is in Baltimore. Hashtag maybe? I was there. Um, was that was Balt- it full gear? Was it full gear? I think it was full gear. Yeah, yeah. And they because uh, then somebody somebody stooged them off to the athletic commission about it. Who did? I forget who. Some someone did stooge them off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I forget who, but somebody called the athletic commission, and then AEW had to pay some kind of fine. Yeah, let's say Meltzer. Um, and uh, <laughs> he, it wasn't him, um, but uh, somebody with less of a it was uh, Chris Cruz stooged him off. Chris Cruz. Oh yeah. Oh that that little bitch. Yeah, that he's like the old the old uh, announcer, right? From WCW. And so he. Let me tell you something about Chris Cruz. When I was doing the Aptor chat, Chris yeah. Cruz has a hard on for Bill Aptor, like for for trying the, to take the one him person out. in this everybody in this business loves the Bill nicest Apter. person in the history of the wrestling business, Bill Aptor, and Chris Absolutely. Cruz. Just because I was handling the social media, I would see like the tags. I would see people like tagging because I mean he didn't have the balls to ever tag Bill. So people would like then tag or like send over like what he was saying, but he would like constantly try and like shit on anything that Bill said. And Bill was the most politically correct person. Like if you're just Bill, what do you honestly think about that person? It was just like the nicest, you know, it, it, yeah. Chris Cruz is a, uh, as far as I'm concerned, never met the guy. Um, but he sure does come off as a steaming pile of shit. Um, Here, here's what disappoints me. I've met Chris Cruz in person because he, uh, when ECW ran Atlanta for Russell Palooza, uh, I ran into him and he was there and he was, he was a good guy. And I just want to know where things went wrong with him that now he's got to be this heel. Yeah. Maybe because he was a, a, a commentator and he has a face for radio and a, and a voice for the, uh, for, for, Silent films. I don't know. Like the he look maybe because things didn't yeah. go the way he thought they were going to go, so he's mad at the world. Um, yeah. But his heat with Bill Apter, I've never. And I remember I said to Bill, I'm like, Bill, what is this? I was like, Do you want to talk about it on the podcast? He's like, No, no, I don't. I don't acknowledge it. He's like, He's always been like this. He's a bully, and that's the thing. He's always kind of bullied Bill. And I don't. You know, we can say whatever we want about Bill because we love Bill, but um, but nobody else can. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, as far as this uh, exploding barbed wire death match, um, what do you think, Meanie? I don't know, man. Depends on what they do. It seems like, why are we there? Like, why are we there at that that match? Why have we reached that point? I don't know why we've reached... That point. Let's get a couple more matches. Then let's throw them in a cage. Then let's make the cage not work. Or maybe somebody cuts through the cage with like, you know, wire cutters or something so they can get in. And it's like, well, then what can we possibly do that will keep people out? Well, I don't know. How about the ropes are made of barbed wire and they're filled and you got C4 wrapped around them. That'll keep yeah. interference out. That'll keep Don Callis away. But that should have been something that. Uh, that Moxley asked for, not something that Omega asked for. That's also something that doesn't make any sense. Why is the heel trying to, unless I missed something, wasn't paying attention because I watch these things late at night, but why is the heel uh, challenging to a match like this? 
it should always be the face that is challenging to some sort of match like that. So, like, we're going to do a watch-along for Patreon of uh, Cactus Jack and uh, Triple H in Hell in a Cell. But prior to that, at the Royal Rumble the month earlier, they had that amazing street fight, Cactus Jack and Triple H in, in Royal Rumble 2000. Yeah. That promo where Mick Foley basically... Uh, like ripped off his like mankind stuff and was like, you know, when he became like Cactus Jack and said that that's who Triple H is going to fight. Triple H looked like he saw a ghost. He made, not that he needed to make Cactus Jack. Don't get me wrong. Cactus Jack was already made. But to anyone who didn't know who Cactus Jack was and had just started watching at that time, Triple H made Cactus Jack. That crowd walked away going, I don't know what this is, but that just scared the piss out of Triple H and making it a, a street fight and doing things like that. It should never be the heel, in my opinion. Where do you stand with that, Meanie? That the heel making the, should, the dangerous match? Yeah, the baby face should call for the stipulation, I believe. The heel should be trying to get the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. the heel, as I was always taught by the great Tracy Smothers, baby faces do this, heels do that, you know? This is an Mean, audio meaning podcast. you do this, huh? It's an audio podcast. Oh yeah, that's why you got to join the <laughs> Patreon. But uh, to illustrate what I just did for our Patreon member, members, heels are fist up, baby. Fa- I, I mean, uh, baby faces fist up, heels beg off. Yep. You know, with the hands like like the Ric Flair. Oh no, yep. no, yep. you know. And then like Ric Flair, you get the opportunity as the wrestler gets in there, and the referee is trying to help out because the heel is begging off, and then boom, get him with a low blower, poke him in the eyes with your fingers. Like that's you know, it's old school and it's simple for a reason. But um, yeah, I'm curious to see. We'll be doing a uh, we'll definitely be doing an alternative commentary on fight for that. So I'm excited to see it. Um, and uh, I still have my tie from last year. This is it. This was the last revolution. That was the last show I was at. Um, kind of glad that AEW is going to Sundays now. Are they? Because Yeah. Uh, I just saw that discussion. Like, their pay-per-views are going to be on Sundays now. I didn't know that. That's yeah. good. Uh, yeah. So, here's the thing. That's good for it's now. Good. But I used to like the fact that... Um, I was when I would go to the pay per views, um, that I could always fly home on Sunday. I did. I did always like that. That it's like you could get in, you know, you get in the like Friday, and then I mean, when there was a star cast, it was you're there the whole time. But I always liked that I could fly home on on Sunday. But uh, well, both of our reasons are self serving because uh, Saturday nights uh, are, would be difficult for me. Yeah. To, uh, do the alternative commentary for yeah. you, you know. Well, listen, listen, you uh, Saturday yeah. nights you're usually at, down at the Speakeasy, and uh, you know <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you do on a Saturday night. Um, but yeah, um, neither do I. Yeah, but no Saturday night. I mean, yeah, Saturday night's kind of a tough thing. Like a Sunday, like it, like I'm never when the world opens back up, you're never gonna find a time like. When, like, I would say to my wife, like, uh, oh, I got to do the Sunday night. And she'd be like, oh, well, I had this planned. Like, no, no one has any plans on a Sunday night. So, right. yeah. Um, all right. What other questions do we have here? Uh, it's been a very talkative group. Um, uh, James Sorensen wants to know if we can 
get mine to the mini salt and pepper shakers made. Um, I, I wouldn't even begin to know <laughs> how to go about doing something like that. Um, but uh, let's see. All right. Well, we'll jump. Uh, RJ Krasinski has a question. Um, would you ever write a book, Meanie? Um, I I've think we've talked about it before. To. Yeah, I've been trying to. I got stories written that just, I have to force myself to sit there, either write something on the computer or type it up yeah. in a text form or a word pad or something. <laughs> Type I just writer. need to find, yeah, I just got to, I do have to sit there and write some stories. And then again, it's also how, how deep do I want to go? How personal do I want to go? Yeah. Because, you know, I've been through some shit, you know, and my family's been through some shit. So I don't know how far I want to get, how deep I want to. I could give you all the wrestling stories that I, I've never told, you know, as they come yeah. to memory. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of forcing myself to sit there and put, you know, yeah, pen to paper, quote, unquote. Unless and, you're fully. Uh, do it. And legit yeah. pen to paper. Yeah. I, I don't know how he did that, man. I don't know. Um, probably had quite the cramp in his mandible claw. Uh, <laughs> what Mark and Dryden asks, what are Meanie's thoughts on Jim Cornette? What was it like when you first met him, and do you listen to his podcast? I love Jim. Um, I'll say, like I said before, uh, a lot of things he says are not wrong. It's just I think people have uh, issue with his presentation. And, and a lot of his presentation is to get people to listen to the podcast in a way, yeah. you know, I think, you know, dude, guy has one of the greatest managers of all time continues to, uh, has made a lot of money in the business, continues yeah. to make money in the business just through his online store and through his podcast and all that stuff. And his numbers don't lie. You look at his, you know, I, I more or less listen to his stuff on YouTube I'm more of a YouTube guy, or I'll listen yeah. to, I'll I'll just listen to the clips, and the view. I mean, it's, the views are there. There's people who agree with them, you know. But uh, yeah, I I, I well, the question was, have I ever met him? Have I been around? Yeah. Um, what, was it, what was it like when you first met him? When did great. you first meet? Uh, him? I met him through Dennis Corluzzo, hmm. um, when I was. Breaking into the business, uh, when I rode with Al to, well, no, I met him before that. I met him at a fan convention in uh, Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. Very cool guy, very talkative. And we would talk, you know, this is like when I'm still in high school, and uh, we'd talk about wrestling, talk about Smoky Mountain, all that good stuff. That was a Coraluzo show. And then uh, once I got into business, I went to the NWA tournament with Al. After Shane threw the belt and they had their own tournament to crown uh, the new champion. Mm -hmm. After the show, we went out to dinner. Uh, there's this place in Jersey called Ribbit, where it's just like, you know, eat ribs and all that stuff. And they, you know, I remember sitting there at a table with Jim and Jerry Lawler and Corluzo and Al and Phyllis Lee and just shooting the shit. Just a good dude, man. Uh, there's, you know, private cornet and then there's public cornet, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and you know, I've known his wife, Stacy forever, you know, um, his wife, Stacy, uh, was part of the, uh, like a wrestling scene out in California, 
and the you know she went to a couple ECW shows back in the day with th- that crew. It was her, Ron Head, J.R. Benson from uh, California Creative Wrestling. It was like a like a semi backyard promotion, which <laughs> did some uh, interesting stuff. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, I've known him and his wife forever. Uh, good people, man. Um, good people. Like, yeah. Like I said, uh, I think more people have issue with his presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I like Jim Cornette, and he hated ECW. So that goes to say, you know. Yeah, I think he, you know, he definitely has, you know, there have been a lot of things that I could agree with, but God, some of the things he said. You all right over there? Yeah. Uh, dude, I, nah, that's... You know what? The biggest injury to come out of the Royal Rumble was me sitting there doing, doing uh, alternative commentary because I stood up out of the chair, my knee popped. Ah, so I've okay. been ha- I've had this knee issue for a couple months. That like, well, since the Royal Rumble, you know, I I, I stood up and my knee went. And here's and, went, and here's oh. the thing that really infuriates me about a guy like Meltzer. Where is his report on Meanie's injury during the Rumble? Right. You know. Blue yeah. Meanie was injured during the Rumble. I didn't see a single wrestling news site cover <laughs> that. Um, yeah. Thoughts and prayers, Meanie. Um, hey, here's a fun one. Yes. <laughs> uh, at Chris WD2009, what were some of Josh and Blue Meanie's pre-match rituals slash routines? Oh, um, for me, it's always, I made, as I learned uh, when I first broke in i would have i need to have a cutoff period before I, I have anything to eat before the match because once you start bumping around you know you roll out of the ring and blah, 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 you know just like uh <laughs> I, I turn into a bit like a bit like it's like burping a baby you know mm-hmm. so um, pre-match i just make sure i cut off any kind of meal you know prior to a match uh get to the building i Depending on the building, I usually always try to find a spot that's where I can have my back to the wall because I want to watch the room kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, I'm, I've my whole life I've been like the back of the classroom kind of kid. <laughs> you know, I need to be in the back of the room watching every motherfucker in front of me, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, that way you can't get ribbed, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's just same old shit, just uh, – you know, get to the show, say hi to everybody, uh, check out the ring, uh, go to the locker room, find your spot. Like I said, I like to have my back to the wall watching the room. Uh, you know, I try to watch shows as much as you know, the show I'm on as much as I can, you know, and uh, not, nothing too extravagant, you know. I don't put on my left sock first or <laughs> my first boot first and my, my one boot on first or whatever, just – when would you get dressed? Uh, before the first match, at least. Just to kind of be dressed. Because, uh, you know, I've learned, as you've learned in this business, shit could change at a, at a moment's notice. You know, if somebody doesn't show up, you you have to go on early. Mm-hmm. You want to be ready. You know, plenty of ECW shows, I was dressed, you know, well before the bell rang and stuff like yeah. that. Case. Paul said, ah, shit, you know, so-and-so stuck in traffic. Meaning you're on second. Oh, shit, I'm not dressed. 
Yeah. Why aren't you dressed? You know, so, so you just learn little things throughout the, you know, you have different experiences and stuff like that. So mine was when I first started doing things, you know, I was doing my TWF stuff and things like that. So I was running the shows. Um, so I don't, I just basically ran around like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, but once I was an actual pro and actually wrestling and stuff, my, um, my thing would pretty much be, I'd like get to the arena. I'd eat something like right when I got to the arena. So I'd like bring food with me and eat something right when I got there. And then I would, it depended if we were like doing like an OVW would be like out in the ring before doors. So I wouldn't get in my gear yet. Um, but as soon as doors uh, would open, um, I would get changed. I always preferred to be like, I have like my tights on and, and my boots on and totally laced up. And then I would put, you know, I'd put a shirt on or sometimes put like shorts over the tights or something. So I'm not just walking around, you know, shirtless and, you know, in long tights. Yeah. But, um, but I always had like, always had my gear on again like you said so you'd be ready to go because i think that was like dude i used to have like nightmares i feel like every wrestler kind of has that nightmare where you can't you're trying to lace your boots and they're like calling like your music's playing and you're like trying to go like you just can't seem to lace up your boots or like your last minute you're at the show and like your gear you're like where's my gear you go in your bag and you realize like it's in your closet back at home and it's like 40 minutes away like all kinds of random stuff like that so i was always like always make sure i had my stuff um, I was, or you go to lace up your boots and that one fucking lace snaps and you're like, uh -huh. oh, fuck. Yeah. You know? So like, you know, I always tried to make sure I had enough time. Uh, but my, I would say my other pre-match ritual, if you would, not really a ritual or routine, but I would go and like take a piss multiple times. Yeah. Because there's something about knowing you that you can't that makes you have to. So I would always just be like, be like, okay, my match is coming up in maybe I got like 10 minutes. All right, I'm going to go take a piss. And then I knew, okay, five minutes, I'm just going to go back and see what, what's happening. And then it's like right before I would go and just do it again just to ensure I was totally cleared out. That was something always I found that I, I always, always found that like my match always went better when I knew I had to take a piss, but I couldn't <laughs> take the piss. So I'm going through the whole match like, man, I really got to piss. So, like, but, I'm hitting all the spots right and stuff but, like that. But, I, yeah, it's, like, extra focused on everything you're doing. But I yeah. I, uh, I remember I was down in OVW, and I was supposed to have a dark match um, after the show, me and this guy, Big Cat. And uh, Big Cat. And now. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> um, and I was, and this was one of the times that like, I'm like, it's a dark match. I know I'm on afterwards. So the show had kind of started and I'm going through and I'm like casually lacing up my boots and doing whatever. And they ran in and they're like, we're switching you. We're going to be doing a, first I was supposed to have like a, a 10 minute match, which would have been a clusterfuck anyway, but I was supposed to have like a 10 minute match. And they were like, we're actually going to do just two minute squash match, but we need it on the show. I'm like, okay. They're like, where's Big Cat? I'm like, I don't know. They're like coming into the locker room there. I'm like, I have no idea. Uh, and I'm in the corner because I used to do the same thing. I always found a corner to like back up to. And yeah. I'm like, I have no idea where he is. And then someone's like, he's taking a shit. And so he was taking a shit. And they're like, yeah, you're on the next segment. 
And I'm just sitting there lacing up my boots. He's taking a shit, so we don't know. We've just had like this 10-minute match that we had planned out that now it's supposed to be a squash match. So pretty much we go to right behind the curtain. Uh, we're ready to go. Like I'm racing to get my shit on. Right behind the curtain, we're having, you know, he like comes in. I guess he had just wiped himself. And here he comes and, and you know, and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'll just kind of throw a couple of punches. They won't do anything. He was a big dude, a uh, big guy, big dude. Um, so I just kind of threw a couple of punches and which ended up looking like shit too. I remember watching it back. My whole idea was that I was going to like punch him and then kind of like wear out and just kind of be like, ah, oh, crap. And then just hit the ropes. But it ended up looking like I was throwing these like little, like, like swatting at his belly button. Um, but, uh, so then I hit the ropes and, uh, and he just like shoulder tackled me and that was it and grabbed me in his full Nelson, um, where he teased it for a while. Like he was like going to do it and I'm like fighting with all my might and he's like laughing and then he just locks it in and I tap out. And then I got yelled at in the locker room for making him look weak by, <laughs> but not by Al, this is by someone else, but I won't say who it yeah. was, but I got yelled at. They're like, Oh man, you're making him look weak. Like it's not believable. Like he should have easily been able to put it on you. And I'm like, were you guys watching? Like he was toying with me. Like that was the thing. Like he's like, I'm struggling and he's laughing as he's like waiting. And then he just kind of just goes and locks it in and I tap out instantly. But yeah, yeah, I got, I got heat for that. Um, got heat for adjusting my tights. Uh, yeah, I used to get during the match. All the time. I don't remember adjust your tights. Don't adjust yeah, they're your saying, tights. Like, like don't, yeah, don't adjust your tights. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I don't think I said it out loud, which probably wasn't good, but I was like, my adjusting my tights was the most real thing that happened out there. You know, yeah. my, my tights were falling down. I, I adjusted them and, you know, whatever. I don't know. But, and you're uh, an asshole for letting your ass fall out or something. Right. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? Um, right. And I was I wearing, it, a, I had a necklace still. on too. Like I was, yeah. I was wearing a necklace. And I remember somebody telling me to like, don't, they're like, don't ever wear a necklace in the ring. You don't wear a necklace in the ring. Someone can grab it, which makes perfect sense. You shouldn't wear a necklace in the ring. If you're in a fight, why would you wear something around your neck? And then it was like, like clockwork. Somebody, cause they always had something going on in the TV, like some random match. Somebody puts on, it was Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, um, from WrestleMania 19 and Michaels has a necklace with the biggest fucking cross, metal cross <laughs> on it throughout the entire match, which I remember when I watched that match, I was like, oh my God, he's going to bump on that thing and it's going to go through his, like, through his neck. Um, yeah. And I was just kind of like, I kept that to myself and I was like, yeah, all right. I won't follow, won't follow those jobbers like uh, Shawn Michaels, you know? Yeah. He's yeah. never going to make it. Um, but anyway. Um, anyway. Yeah, I, I, would take a, I would take a piss. Uh, Mark and Dryden wants to know, who are some of Meanies and Josh's favorite foreign wrestlers and Canada counts? <laughs> I mean, uh, dude, in high school, I was a huge fan of Hiroshi Hase from New Japan. Okay. Uh, there's a, there's a period where I watched a lot of uh, New Japan where I could get the tapes. Her, uh, her, Hase and uh, Sasaki when they were tagging up. I think I got exposed to them when they were, you know, WCW was doing the crossover and they wrestled uh, the Steiners and stuff like that. But from watching those matches, I uh, started collecting New Japan stuff and uh, became a big fan of his, you know. And mm -hmm. then he would do that side suplex, to which later on the Rock started using it as the rock bottom kind of, you know, like he, he would do it. But 
dealer, like yeah, like Hase would do do a sweet one. Like him and Muda had a couple tremendous matches. Hase versus Muda, or Mudo, whichever you prefer. Oh man, it really. I did the uh, thing for uh, Pro Wrestling Noah the other yeah. day with Sonny Ono and and uh, and another a gentleman named uh, Tom Fain. Uh, who has a great magazine. Um, I can't remember the name of it because I can't freaking pronounce the name of it, but, uh, but I'm excited. He just told me he sent me a couple copies of it. So I'm excited to, to check that out. But, um, awesome. But I'm sitting there, you know, we're, we're plugging that the great Muda is on the thing. And I'm like, you know, uh, I don't, don't know what to call him. Do I call him Mudo? Do I call him, you know, like Keiji Muto? Like, I don't like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know where because they're technically like two gimmicks, but the same guy. Like, and I don't really it's know. It's like Finn Bal. It's like Finn Balor and the Fiend. Yeah, kind of but thing. he was always the great Muda to me. Like that's how right. I knew him. So you know, knew him. I not personally as a fan. Um, hey, Muda, but, uh, old buddy, old pal. Yeah. By the way, uh, do you know Sonny Ono? Yes. The I mean I know who you know I know you know who he is I just didn't know no if we're you guys, cool if you're yeah, okay we're cool. he is mm-hmm. the he's one of the funniest people he um he he told me he's gonna take me to uh, Japan's red light district when uh, <laughs> when all when all of this is over with the he he's, he was like serious he's like I'm, he's like you're gonna come to Japan for the shows and I'm gonna take you I'm gonna show you a good time because I can open lots of doors and this was I'm not telling any tales out of school this was live on the fight thing that we were doing um so uh yeah but no he's a he's a great guy um and uh yeah so anyway uh, I was gonna tell another story but definitely not something I can tell on the air um, <laughs> but uh. No, I would I would say uh, if I had to pick, I mean, if Canada counts, then Bret Hart. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. And he's Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho would be another one. Owen Hart, obviously. Um, Owen Hart, yeah, for me. But it, but if we're going around like outside of that, like I would I would have to say more towards. I guess it depends if you're saying foreign wrestlers. Are we talking about Rey Mysterio? Is he being considered foreign? You know, because I think he's from California. I don't know where he initially, you know, but like, where are you considering the fact that he's Mexican? Like, does that make him, I don't know. But, uh, so I I would say, but if we're counting Canada, then it's going to be Brett, Owen, and Jericho. Yeah, Owen, for me, uh, there's just something I really, I mean, even before I got to to know the guy, I meet meet the guy, get to know him a little bit. Uh, just, you know, there's something I really, really liked about him. I remember when, uh, WrestleMania was in, um, Atlantic city and running into, um, running into Brett. And I was like, you know, uh, and Brett's checking in the hotel. I'm just like, uh, uh, Brett is, uh, is, uh, Owen Hart really the blue blazer <laughs> total marketing. He looks at me, and goes, you know, it <laughs> shakes just, his head. No. Yeah, just uh, shakes, shook, you know, with that disgusted Brad Hart, because you know, he was the heel. You know, yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, man, fucking, uh, yeah, Owen Owen was always the best. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, soft spot in my heart for Owen Hart. Um, Plus, he wore blue as the blue blazer, so. Oh, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> Travis writes, and I think this will be our our last question here. Travis writes, uh, who was the most physically exhausting opponent you've had? Somebody you knew was going to blow you up every time. Uh, you know who blew me up was Al. We, we uh, I mean, besides practice matches, you know, working out. I think we did a couple matches. I, I worked with him in um, <clears throat> Milwaukee for uh, Jack Koshik and Dave Hero. And like I said, it was, it was like the same gimmick, I, same kind of gimmick where I worked with, you know, tagged with Screech, but it was like the year before or something like that. And uh, me and Al wrestled on a, on a show. I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was just like, calm down. Grab a hold. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, I was always more, more nervous working with Al because, you know, he's my mentor. You know, other people, you know. Yeah. Always he was more nervous with good people who had more, way more experience than me, you know. Um, oh, like God, that. absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I always I felt like I had something to prove. You know? I would always pride myself on on my cardio being really good. Um, so I didn't get like, I wouldn't, I was never really that concerned. Um, I used to have kind of when I would wrestle my buddy, Matt Mangle, um, because he's one of my best friends, we would always basically try and blow each other up and, you know, um, have some fun with that. But I would say, uh, do you remember Chris Cage from, uh, he was, uh, Kalen Croft in WWE. Yeah. Um, so Chris when I would re- I remember wrestling him, I think it, that was my first match in OVW. So I'm not sure if it was like, I think I was just so nervous that like I got blown up pretty quick and he was just like, you know, I was just bumping and feeding, bumping and feeding, bumping and feeding. And he was, the dude was throwing drop kicks as fast as someone punches. And like, I, I remember with that feeling by the end of it, like a little like, all right, that was exhausting. But again, I don't know if that was maybe just because I was so, um, yeah, nervous. Well, there's moments where there's moments where I've been blown up, but I got through it. But like, yeah. there's been times where I'm blown up where I'm just like, yeah. and I'm just willing my way through it, you know. And then you know, Bigelow, Bam Bam Bigelow came to me and said, "Hey man, I know you're a big guy, you don't want to kill your gimmick, but even if you're not going to put on like muscles like a you know like a bodybuilder, yeah. you know, always have a strong pair of legs. Yeah, just go in the gym and hit the bike and you know do work your legs out." From there on, uh, you know, I always remember Big O going, have a song, uh, song, have a strong set of wheels. Yeah. So, like, after that, I was, uh, I was pretty good. You know, I, I and, and then as experience comes, you know, you learn to pace yourself and stuff like that and breathing techniques. And I mean, dude, like I that. get more, I get blown up watching wrestling today. So, you know, and that's the yeah. thing also that, that I should specify, especially because I referred to myself earlier in the episode as a cruiserweight. Ah. A, this was a different time. The stuff that you're yeah. seeing, like the cardio of these guys, it's insane the stuff, especially that you're seeing in like a AEW or anywhere they do a lot of like the flippy stuff. And I wasn't really wrestling that way. I did a lot more like that stuff. So, yeah. you know, I, which, you know, so I don't know. Was, was it my cardio? Was my cardio good or was I just moving slowly? You know? So right. I don't know. But, uh, a, Let's see. Uh, a revised version of. Uh, we'll do one more because Anthony Camarada on our uh, on our Patreon had one here. Um, cool. Revised version of his Twitter question. 
When companies hire Josh and Meanie for an appearance when they start <laughs> their live shows, what is on their rider? <laughs> Seltzer uh, and a bowl of M&Ms with no brown ones? A bowl of M&Ms with all blue ones. All blue, yeah. Uh, it's got to be all blue. Yeah. Um, Which you could just cheat and go to uh, Party City and get a bowl of blue M&Ms or something, whatever. No, no, because I need to see, I need the, I want to see a bowl of the discarded ones. Yes. Um, yes. Separate. Um, I'm going to eat all the other ones. Meanie's going to eat the blue ones. So Definitely going to need coffee. Uh, I drink too much coffee, man. Oh, there's drink, no such thing. Yeah. Uh, coffee, blue M&Ms, seltzer. Yeah. And I don't know. I'll have to think of that. I'm pretty good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, separate bathrooms. As Conrad can attest. Yes. Yeah. When me and I are doing the live shows, I don't want, I don't need my own locker room. I, I would love, in fact, to share the space with Meanie, but we need separate bathrooms. Meanie's needs to be down a hall um, with, with a lot of ventilation. Um, Here's the thing. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a quick shitter. It's just like, I wait until the last possible second. So I was with my, I was at my friend Albert. Uh, I was like, Hey man, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And I was in and out and he goes in after me. He's like, gee, Oh God, you did that. in that short amount of time. <laughs> I watched him walk into the bathroom. He walked, put one foot in and just went straight back. Yeah. Like God. he shut the door and he was like, God, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I never, if you want to say, if you want to check out my friend Albert's podcast, uh, mixed tapes and tasty cakes, wherever you listen to podcast and, uh, mixed tapes and tasty cakes. Yeah. Which is basically, you know, off, you know, like a Philly thing, but, uh, mixed tape, mixed tapes and tasty cakes. Uh, yeah, he, he's got a podcast, but yeah, I just totally destroyed his bathroom and <laughs> nice. So yeah, I stand by that separate bathrooms. <laughs> um, blue M&M's with all the other ones discarded in their own bowl uh, lots of coffee and seltzer yeah. and I want yeah. I want Wawa coffee okay I want the creams and I mean, sugars you know or whatever Yokas you got Yokas you got yo-cause. the creams and sugars um, that doesn't need to be Wawa it doesn't need me. to be Wawa coffee I don't give a fuck yeah it can be any kind of coffee it yeah, can be Wawa's coffee Wawa's got good coffee yeah I got well, Wawa's got good coffee they do have good coffee yeah um yeah, so uh, the final question here, I guess, uh, that was that. And then we got other questions from Patreon that we'll just answer when we get off of our episode. Um, yeah, I got pay. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> is that why you're hitting all your spots so well? Because you had to pee? Yeah, oh, my God. You oh, would think man. I was having a match right now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, seems like as good a time as any to to, to bring it home here. Um Please follow us on social media if you haven't already, at Mind of the Meanie. Do us an enormous favor if you'd be so kind. If you like what we're doing, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, leave us, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, a a review and a five-star rating if you'd be so kind. Uh, We're nearing 100, and I think when we hit 100, we'll have to do something special. Um, But yeah, uh, go do that and spread the word. Just... Try to spread the word to everyone and anyone that this is your favorite podcast and that this is can't miss podcasting. 
uh, must listen podcasting because we just want to keep growing and growing and growing uh, this podcast and this pod squad and this whole community. Follow us as individuals. He is at Blue Meanie BWO across the board. I am at So Says Chernoff. Uh, our YouTube, youtube.com slash Mind of the Meanie. It has our episodes. It has some bonus features. It has Mrs. Meanie running, and now it has the brand new yeah. TWF Talking with Friends. Uh, Meanie Tunes is there. You got to check it all out. Um, Cameo. I'm on Cameo if you give a shit. At uh, <laughs> Cameo.com slash So Says Chernoff. But the real man on Cameo is Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO. Word. And then, of course, our merch. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. ProWrestlingTees.com slash So Says Chernoff. And ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Uh, we're going to be on fight in a couple of weeks. And when that happens, we're going to have all different kinds of commercials and, and a real set thing to put all this... Uh, all this stuff over at the end of the show. So um, it'll be a little bit more clear and concise, and I won't have to remember everything quite as much. But, uh, Meanie, anything else you want to say in the next 13 seconds? Ah, thank you guys uh, for joining us on Patreon and every you know, Monday morning. So uh, we couldn't do this without you. So thank you very much. And we'll see you next time for another trip into the mind of the Meanie. Blue World Order. The world of MLW Radio never stops.